WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Tuesday, January 9th. It is indeed Kale and Company, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Omquist, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Absolutely loaded show today. We are packed yet again. We get on the air Monday. We say some things. Changes happen. People yeah. reverse. They go. Yeah. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's undo what we were going to do originally. Are we taking a victory lap for that? I think we the should. whole station should. Absolutely. We crushed it. Dawn. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Big storm coming in. Uh-oh. I got an email from my uh, apartment complex saying, "If you have anything on your deck, you might want to take it off." Yeah. Forty to sixty mile an hour winds. Woo. We can't have anybody injured or any property damage. Move your chairs inside your apartment, dude. What time is it supposed to start? Ten. Two-ish? No, ten. The, the rain begins about mid-morning, about okay. ten o'clock this morning. Big gusty winds, 40 to 60 miles an hour. Fun. Could disrupt my nap. Gregory, how oh, are you? Oh, God, just stop. Look, how are you, buddy? What? Look, if you're watching right now on YouTube, I, I have the official Black Kale & Company Free Speech Lives Here t-shirt on. That's nice. A, a good look. Still looking for the black hoodie myself. Enough. <laughs> enough. Enough. <laughs> How you doing other than that, pal? I'm good. Everything good? You. I'm good, yeah. All right. Good. All good. We have a lot of good things to get to today. Billy Penn, Fannie Willis, Donald Trump, Howard Stern, Joe Biden, and Michelle Obama is terrified. She can't sleep. She is you know, petrified over the notion of Donald Trump. I got to say this, that if ever I thought, I still never, I still don't think it's going to happen. But, Plant but, seed. this planting of the seed <laughs> makes me look over there. Like, eh, okay. Yeah, give it a glimpse. Maybe. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That bald guy with the beard was onto something months yeah. ago. Probably not. No. But. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Everybody's terrified about something. Some kids can't sleep because of climate change. What are you going to do? Yeah. A lot of good things to get to today, but let's get to the news. Round number one, the great Dawn Stensland at 6.03 on this Tuesday. And good morning on this Tuesday morning, January 9th, 34 degrees. And we'll do a storm breakdown and let you know what's going on today. But many storm watches, warnings, flood warnings, uh, the nasty weather begins. And I think we're still going to be talking about it. This evening, uh, tomorrow morning as well. We are sponsored this morning by First Harvest Credit Union. So much we're talking about in the news this morning. I'll get to that forecast in just a moment. But a pickup drive, driver leading police on this chase, high speed chase through multiple neighborhoods in Philadelphia before ending in Delco last night. 
saw the chopper searches, um, aerial footage of the pursuit, showing that driver speeding through town after town, escaping several close calls with police. The driver was seen dangerously just blowing through red lights and weaving through a lot of intersections. So he eventually bailed out on Burbro Avenue just off Westchester Pike in Upper Darby, got out of the vehicle, took off running. So officers say they closed in on him, took the man into custody. We still don't know what was going on here. Was this a stolen vehicle? Was this what? Why did they go on this high speed chase? Why did they want to pull over this individual in the first place? We know that he was taken into custody. We still don't have all the details on this one. So a little mystery going on there. We also have a measles alert. Oh, Another no. one. Yes, measles. Oh, man. Apparently, we have a lot of unvaccinated residents in the city of Philadelphia, and the number of people known to be infected, in other words, they've been tested with measles, the number is eight. According to the Philadelphia Health Department, they issued this warning yesterday afternoon. So they're tracking this is very unusual, and uh, we, they haven't seen this in decades, where the, we, we have all of these measles cases. The first known case was identified with a patient who was admitted into Children's Hospital, and that was in December last month. And that, and they say the person, this was a child, mm-hmm. because these are these are all children. This child was taken to daycare, and so the problem is they believe many more children. Oh, jeez, yes, yeah, spread, spreads, spreads like wildfire to daycare. Yes, ninety oh, percent highly infectious. You know, ninety percent. If you've been around somebody with measles and you're not vaccinated. You're getting it. How how in this day and age are you not vaccinated for measles unless you come into this country and you're unvaccinated based on other countries' lack of vaccination standards, correct? Well, that would be <clears throat> usually you can't get, I mean, I think it's a great point you make. Could it, is it just a coincidence that we have an unprecedented number of folks coming into this country who nobody's checking their vaccination card? I mean, in this country, when your child is born, you're absolutely there's no there's no way around being not vaccinated for um would you say the measles well or is that, it like a religious exemption or something like that some people do but that one in particular is the uh babies are about a year old okay so that one it's not a newborn okay so that's the problem here if okay. there was a ver if there was a baby in that daycare who was you know they would be at high risk mm-hmm. and that can be serious for that child. So in theory, it could be an American who just at the one-year mark of their child turning one just didn't go to get that vaccination then. Could be. Okay. Could be, but were they exposed to adults? The reason we've caught it is because all the grown-ups have been vaccinated. Right. You know what I mean? So in other words, presumably there were a lot there are a lot of adults who are not vaccinated. They gave it to a young child. Right. So that's the concern here. So eight hospitals all of the hospitalizations are, or most of them are young kids. Okay. But they're putting out this, this alert. Please, please, you know, if, if you have an unvax, if you had an exemption, like you said, religious or otherwise, you want to watch this one. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, 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 in other words, the reason, part of the reason we got rid, this could be deadly for a little kid. And when you do get vaccinated for the measles, you're done. You're, you're never going to get the measles, I believe. I think it's like 100% effective. Yeah, it's highly effective. And that's why we pretty much eradicated it. Right. Until now. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the COVID shot. Remember when Fauci said the virus dies with you once you're vaccinated? It provides a wall. Nick, I don't have the evidence for it. I thought it was uh, curious that when they were putting this word out yesterday, they continually said, 
you don't need to show any ID or citizenship to get a free vac- to get a free vaccine. Oh, <clears throat> and so that led me to why I'm thinking maybe this has something to do with the border crisis. Gotcha. Could very so well be. That's my that's my thinking process. Yep. I know we'll talk a lot about Independence National Historical Park withdrawing the review of that draft proposal we talked about yesterday to rehab Welcome Park in Philadelphia's Old City neighborhood, which, of course, included removing the William Penn statue. So we talked about it yesterday all day here on WPHT, and um, it looks like to me it was Cutler complaining about it. He went on the Dom show as well. We talked about it all morning. Then Governor Josh Shapiro put in a phone call to President Biden. Yes, I saw uh, Shapiro's tweet. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yes. Uh, He said, my team has been in contact with the Biden administration throughout the day to correct this decision. I'm pleased. Welcome Park will remain the rightful home of this William Penn statue right here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and founded yeah and i think you know it it really was and i am and the media is giving governor josh shapiro who looks very good in this uh giving him credit front and center but i will say brian cutler went on a media blitz and i know he can i think he actually came in person to the dom show i believe but he was speaking out by mid-afternoon he talked to all the news outlets and so on and so um, the House Representative uh, leader, obviously, Brian Cutler, he just said that this was essentially the epitome of woke, taking our history away, that it was just unacceptable. And so I think that he got, in essence, you know, we started 6 o'clock in the morning. I think all of us here, like you said, take a little victory lap because, in essence, um, it got the attention of the leaders that it needed to get the attention of, quite Sh- frankly. Should we really give Shapiro credit, though? Because it seems like the only reason that this decision was stopped is because all of us in the public got wind of this and we became rightfully ticked off about it and, you know, basically made them basically force their hand to reverse course, so to speak. So should, should Shapiro be getting any credit for this? Because if, if nobody says anything, it, it just goes down, right? I, I will say this. I think that a lot of governors would have doubled down and would have Agreed. said, nope. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. And so he is, look. And he, it takes somebody like him to get yep. it done, right? So we can, on these airwaves, starting as Dawn said at 6 a.m. in the morning, by the way, if you're not listening from 6 to 7, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., what are you doing? We um, started 6 a.m. And, and by us bringing attention to it and by us, you know, letting our listeners know what's happening yeah you know they put pressure on on shapiro so so we started the ball rolling and he finished it for us which is great there you right? go i agree okay bipartisan I mean, efforts yeah look I, at that i want to <laughs> give credit where credit's due yeah so i think it's a good thing and we won't be erased we won't be sylvania i think oh the, i see what you did there sylvania i <laughs> pennsylvania yeah, i think the tipping point was when i said where are homeless people going to urinate yeah that was no <laughs> doubt about it the light bulb went off and they were like yeah that stalker guy yep he's yeah. he's correct we cannot yeah. have bathroom inequity yeah. in what's it called it's not love park what is it welcome. called? welcome welcome park yes. welcome. yeah in an effort to be more inclusive <laughs> i don't even know where it is but i'm i'm like yeah they, they they should not take that statue down i was there one time and dawn's right it's very low energy yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way tomorrow trump expected to be in dc for arguments over his claim of 
presidential, or actually that's today. I have my yeah, timeline yeah, here. Sorry. Yeah, he's expected to hearing the arguments. for arguments over his claim of presidential immunity in his uh, federal 2020 election. That's the Jack Smith case. But he's going to be in person. So he was in Iowa. Obviously, he's stumping. We're less than a week now to the caucus, but going back and forth. And then this Friday, by the way, I just want to point this out to you. Trump is planning to be in New York for the start of closing arguments in the civil fraud trial over his family business practices. That's with Ju- uh, Judge Angoron. Yes. <clears throat> so, <laughs> <Angamora>. I know. <laughs> I have to be careful to say it properly in the newscast. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to give you our sponsor first. And this is First Harvest Credit Union. Build stronger financial roots in 2024 with First Harvest Credit Union. Enjoy flexible access to funds with growth savings account, earning as high as 3.5% annual percentage yield. Visit firstharvestcu.com for all the details. Membership restrictions do apply, insured by NCUA. Real quick here, this storm looks pretty nasty. In all, two to three inches of rain. The, the problem here, it's a one-two punch. In other words, the rain starts starts in about 10 o'clock this morning and then goes, goes all the way until tomorrow morning. And so the earth will be highly saturated. Then you combine with that extremely high winds, 55, 60 mile an hour winds moving through, especially at coastal areas. So the coastal flood watch is also in place as this powerful storm moves toward our area. The heaviest period of rain will be from tonight, from this afternoon into the night, overnight with a high of 52 and it's this crazy pattern. We could see 60 degrees overnight. And so it's kind of a roller coaster. Tomorrow, lingering showers in the morning. Flooding threat continues with those gusty winds. Tomorrow morning, the early high of 52 degrees, but temperatures fall to the upper 40s in the afternoon. Thursday, we get a break. Sunny with a high of 50. Friday, increasing clouds. More rain by Friday night, 49 degrees. Then Saturday, the rain in the morning, but Saturday afternoon, the sun comes out 56 degrees. So you see this roller coaster moving through. So as Nick Kale started out today, make sure you take down the patio umbrellas if yes, you haven't already. I know. It's going to be fun coming into work tomorrow morning with three, yeah. uh, three, three inches of rain. Some some flooded roads, no doubt. Yep. That's Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. 6.15 Tuesday morning. Let's get to another big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, the big take this morning. Biden goes back to basics. The more things change, the more they stay the same. If you had any doubts as to whether or not Joe Biden would run the same playbook back in 2024, well, you've received your answer. Last Friday, as we discussed yesterday in the big take in Bluebell, Joe Biden was animated and full of vigor as he claimed that Donald Trump was a threat to democracy and a dictator. As Biden spoke in Montgomery County on the eve of the three-year anniversary of January 6th. And then just yesterday, Joe was in Charleston, South Carolina, at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, doing what he does best, lying and pandering. 
Now, why would he be at this church on a random Monday? Well, that's because this is where nine congregants were killed in a white supremacist attack in 2015 in just an awful tragedy. And keep in mind, South Carolina catapulted Joe to the top of the 2020 Democratic primary, so it's no surprise that Joe went back to the well one more time. Friday, democracy and dictator. Monday, white supremacy and racism. All of this as Joe Biden has lost a whopping 24% of the black vote to Donald Trump. Biden carried 87% of the black vote in 2020, and less than four years later, he has only 63% support in the latest polls. But never forget, Joe was raised in the black church. In fact, he started a civil rights movement. Listen and watch this. I was talking downstairs. I, uh, I've spent more time in... Uh the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, than I have, uh, than most people I know, black or white, have spent in that church. Because that's where I started. Civil, no, I'm serious. I started a civil rights movement. I used to go to 7:30 mass, then I go to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock service with the reverend who was then running the church. Is now the bishop. She's a bishop, and I'm told your bishop had been there before in South Africa. And that's where he is right now point is that I've been blessed to worship here before as well. And if you believe that, I'd like to tell you about how Donald Trump had a long career in the NFL and Bill Clinton's lifelong honoring of his wedding vows are a thing. Joe is a master of selling himself to the crowd that he's trying to convince. Some days he was raised in the black church. Other days, Joe was raised in the Jewish synagogues. Sometimes he was brought up in the Puerto Rican community. Joe's the ultimate chameleon. But it's clear as day as to what this administration is trying to do. They are telling to tell all of us that America is filled with hatred, racism, white supremacy, and evil, toxic masculinity. And they sure picked a hell of a spokesperson to deliver this falsehood, didn't they? Falsehood, you say. Yep, that's right. And we have the details. Not only is America not nearly as racist as Joe Biden claims, But neither are its institutions, and we have some facts for you to prove it and debunk Baseless Joe yet again. Did you know that the criminal justice system is not biased? And did you know that the military is actually not operated by right-wing extremists? Yes, that's correct. Let's start with the criminal justice system. You know, the system that allows no cash bail these days and violent felons to be out on the streets when they shouldn't be. New research has found, contrary to what left-wing activists want people to think, there's no evidence of systemic racism in the criminal justice system. Stetson University researchers Christopher Ferguson and Sven Smith conducted a quantitative meta-analysis on the evidence based on the justice system and how it treats different races. And after adjusting for social class, they found there's no bias at all in U.S. courts. Their analysis covered 51 studies and revealed that neither class nor race biases for criminal adjudications for either violent or property crimes could be reliably detected. They also looked at drug crimes, finding that there were, quote, very small effects, but amounted to just a few percentage points, which could be as a result of weaknesses of past studies. That, according to the National Review. Higher quality studies, by contrast, were, quote, less likely to produce results supportive of disparities. Unbiased studies consistently showed no evidence of bias, while those with citation bias towards the progressive interpretation of criminal justice, unsurprisingly, were more common, found amongst racism, and consistently produced 
higher effect sizes. The researchers' conclusions highlights that discussions of systemic racism are often misleading for such a nuanced issue. Now that we have cleared up the disinformation of the Biden information and Biden administration about the criminal justice system, let's do the same for the military. Do you recall about two and a half, three years ago, the mainstream media saying that the military was full of radical right-wing extremists? Well, if you forgot, listen and watch this. These extreme views aren't new. Uh, they have existed within the military for a while. Is Austin the right person to handle rooting out extremism for the, from the military? You don't, you don't, he absolutely is. He does have a unique understanding of the challenge that we found, challenges that we face here. I think this is a major problem. This is something that the military, that Congress, uh, that everyone in positions of power need to be looking at and investigating and taking very seriously. According to Nikki Wentling of the MilitaryTimes.com, a study finds that troops do not have an extremism problem. Service members don't participate in violent extremism at higher rates than the rest of the U.S. population, but former troops do, and their involvement is growing, according to research published at the end of December. But according to the report, which was commissioned by the Defense Department, anecdotal accounts of service members being involved in violent extremism create a false impression that it's an outsized problem. Those accounts often fail to differentiate between current service members and former troops, a demographic found to participate in violent extremism at a higher rate. The review found no evidence that the number of violent extremists in the military is disproportionate to the number of violent extremists in the United States as a whole. See, this is what the Biden administration is all about. Absent of policy, absent of ideas, and really absent of successes to tout, this is all the Biden administration does, and this is helped and enhanced by the media. Basically, this is an exaggerated hoax. Why are Epstein names deemed innocent until proven guilty, yet American patriots are deemed guilty until proven not guilty? And the same double standard would apply to those in the criminal justice system. And why is nobody talking about the results of either of these studies? Well, because they found hardly nothing. But if they found what they claimed, well, then it would be wall-to-wall headline news coverage. The Biden administration doing what they best do best last Friday in Bluebell and yesterday in Charleston, South Carolina. Democracy, dictatorship, racism, white supremacy, pander, lie, and divide America on the fear of other people that don't look like you or even don't think like you. It's back to basics. We go with Joe, and that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. Yeah, there's no doubt they're running the same playbook back in 2024. If you have thoughts and reactions, you can jump in 855 839 1210. The phone number 855 839 1210 at 1210WPHT on social media, or, of course, be a part of the show, as many of you love to do in the comment section on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kalen Company comment community today. We'll come back, get thoughts and reactions to that, as well as Donald Trump and Fannie Willis. I don't know if this is grounds for disbarment or prosecutorial misconduct, but we have drama in Atlanta. We'll get to that as we continue. 
Kale and Company live here on a Tuesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As good as the regular season is, there's nothing like NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games, three days. For these teams, it's win or go home. Uh, I'm on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on uh, Monday night against Tampa at minus two and a half. Fandle and Fandle Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sportsbook. If you want to follow my picks, go to Fandle right now. Fandle.com slash Greg. Fandle.com slash Greg, where new customers can get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHT. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. First online run money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Thought it was very comical watching Joe yesterday in Charleston, South Carolina. I mean, I'm telling you what. You know, the, one of the, the abilities, and, and you can say this is a strength of his, or you can spot it a mile away and call him out for the fraud that he is, but I've never seen a guy that can be a chameleon like this guy. One day, it's, you know, I was raised in the Jewish church, the black church, uh, the Puerto Rican community. Corn Pop was a bad dude. He's Scranton. He's Irish. He's this. He's that. Uh, he's Delaware. You know, he was a football player. He, no matter what crowd you put Joe Biden in front of, he will, no matter how many times even mainstream media has debunked his stories or his exaggerations or his falsehoods and lies, he continues to roll them out. He really is um, one of those guys who's married to a playbook, so to speak, and he just doesn't ditch the playbook. And I think this time around, and, and you've heard uh, that Michelle Obama is terrified that Trump could win this time around. Uh, Barack Obama also saying something to the effect yesterday, or excuse me, it wasn't Obama, it was a former senior advisor to Obama, saying basically that Joe is running Barack's playbook for a third time now, and he's not sure that it's going to work this time around based on the failures of the economy and some of the hyperbole and the exaggerations that he throws out there with white supremacy, racism, democracy and dictatorship they don't know that it's going to work this time around but if you had any questions going into last thursday what joe's campaign would look like in 24 i think we've seen it now the last two days we saw it friday in bluebell we saw it yesterday in charleston it's democracy dictatorship it's white supremacy and racism and then the fifth one of course is abortion which will be uh, kamala's little pet project to work on for the final year of this campaign. So I wasn't surprised by any of it yesterday, but it's just, it's such a desperate attempt that I think this time around, and I'm not saying that Joe won't win and that he uh, is bound to lose, but I I think there are less and less people this time around that are going to take the bait on what Joe is selling. It still might be enough to win, but I do think like the the black community, 24% leaving on Joe, I think there's some truth to that so far. So, yeah, it was we talked yesterday and you pointed out, you know, about hope 
thinking about a president that a presidential candidate or any candidate, usually they have something positive to sell. Now, obviously, it was a horrif- you know, it was a horrifying, you know, commemorance um, for this this nut job who who's welcomed into a black church and carries out this shoot. You know, it was a, it was a horrible crime. Oh, of course, and was widely condemned. And so, to, there was part of me that just said, "Wow, you know, this was a a powerful moment. This is a community grieving." And the speech was from a writer's standpoint. The way that they weaved through the grief, the pain, the issue of white supremacy, and then there was this line about, you know, essentially alluding to Trump or MAGA or Republicans, however you want to look at that, that there is no hope and no choices. And I thought, wow, you know, are are people really going to buy this that this nut job whose name i'm not going to say mm-hmm. would go into a church full of beautiful people and souls and open fire and and really that's what that's what you think of your fellow americans a third or a half of the country yeah. really yeah and so that is so divisive and disturbing to me yep um, it's the complete opposite geez. of what he claimed he would yeah. do he was going to be the great uniter he was going to bring america back together after 2020 he's done the complete opposite and there's times where he does differentiate where he says oh i do have friends and colleagues that i like and respect within the republican party uh but i'm referring to the maga section or the maga wing now it's just i mean it's basically you're either with joe biden or you are a right-wing racist supremacist who believes in up the upheaval of democracy and you want to vote for a dictator like there's no middle ground with joe biden right now you either riding you're either as they say you're either riding with biden or you're you're part of the problem and that's kind of the message that he has uh delivered the first two days so um if you if you had any questions, you got your answers. Well, it was so nauseating about yesterday's speech too in Charleston, South Carolina, and the church was just the pandering. And 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 it's you're right. I hope people can I hope people can see right through it. But I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's it's a you know the one thing I've noticed about Biden, and I said this yesterday about his Valley Forge speech, and I say that in quotations because it was actually in um, Bluebell. Um, but but when when he wants to turn it on, he does. Yes, and he he's there's something I don't know. Maybe it's the the start of the new year, knowing that it's an election year. But the last couple of speeches that he's given. Um, it's it's a different Joe. By his standards, they are yes. elevated. So I, you know, I don't know if that reset button has been hit because it's 2024. But there's something different about him. He's going, he's going after Trump a lot more. Um, he's really kind of hammering home the democracy issue and the racism issue and all mm-hmm. that other nonsense. So I, you know, I don't know if if, if this is just a preview of what's going to come because i know it's i know it's an election year but we're in january so what like where yeah how's it going to be six months from now you know and, and you talk about the messaging well it's you know he's just attacking trump he's just attacking trump 
And we've talked when we've broken down that these Republican GOP primaries, well, where does so-and-so stand on this issue? Uh, even when we've talked about RFK Jr., like, okay, we know that you're, we know your stance on vaccines, we know you were denied Secret Service access and protection, and we know that you've been silenced and canceled and suppressed, but what are your thoughts on how you're going to fix the economy? the crime issue, the border. And then we've applied those same things to the Republicans. You know, okay, Chris Christie, he just wants to go after Trump and be the bully. And we've kind of figured out what everybody's little path and lane is. Well, what, where's Joe's messaging in an election year on how he's, quote, going to continue to fix the economy? And what is, where's his message at the southern border? Where's his message on crime? Right now, uh, nine days into an election year, in the calendar year of 2024, it's just attacking Trump and throwing out words like democracy, dictatorship, dictatorship, white supremacy, and racism. So, you know, if we're looking for substance and we're, if we're fair about it, we've called out Republicans for, you know, focusing too much on Trump or focusing too much on stuff that really doesn't matter, uh, you know, going after Hunter Biden and things like that. Where's Joe's message to actually fix the kitchen table issues in America right now? I, I would love to see where that well, is and when that comes rolling out. Well, I mean, he's he's the incumbent president, so he's not going to say we need to fix this because it's under his watch that it happened. Sure. You know what I mean? So the only thing he can do is talk about democracy and this, that, and the other because he has nothing, because he can't say, well, the economy is uh, is great and I'm going to keep it great. Like, well, it's just, that's not that's not how you run a campaign. No, I get that. He tweeted, though, I want to see if I can pull this up. Um, this was uh, yesterday, I believe, or might have been two days ago, where he says, um, to talking about the economy, here it is. This was uh, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, the 7th. He tweeted, I know that some prices are still too high for too many. I am doing everything in my power to lower costs from energy bills and medicine to addressing hidden junk fee companies that try to rip you off. I won't stop fighting for American workers and American families. But I tell you what, he's infatuated with the junk fee thing, isn't he? Of all the things that you can fix economically in this country to save people some money. Well, that does unite us. Because <laughs> junk, <laughs> junk, fee, junk, junk fees are terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, you're talking about gas prices, grocery prices, the cost of heating and cooling your home, on down the list. And like junk fees is the second or third thing i mentioned there in his efforts to help make americans feel less of a pinch uh every week when they get their paycheck so uh just a fascinating conversation with joe uh robert schwartz on the youtube chat says but nobody's buying it and six months from now people will be fed up with it more than they are now i i disagree with that i i, I disagree with that i think that he is he knows exactly what he's doing and he's hitting all the right bullet points and he has kind of not done that over the last couple of years and i think right now he is hammering home the democracy in danger issue uh we have a lot of focus on january 6th um they're gonna make abortion front and center and if you don't think that that pulls at heartstrings and that affects people you are you are 100 percent mistaken yeah 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in i want to say one thing too about it. i was going to do this in the cut sheet uh phil if you can grab cut 10 here um, he said this in the church yesterday since we're on um, his speech in the church. He he loves to talk about this the, these stories about how, you know, back in his day, 
white guys' homes are valued more than black guys' homes on the other side of the highway with the same builder and all that stuff. He, he said that yesterday. This is cut 10, Phil Go. So a home owned by today, a home owned by a black family on one side of a highway, built by the same builder on the other side of the highway, and a white guy living in it, the white guy's home is valued more than the black guy's. No, I, I know you know it. But guess what? That's how you build generational wealth. I mean, that's just, that's just, cate- when you appraise a home, yeah. you're like, well, we're, we're, we have to make this house uh, 10% less because a black family lives here. Right. Uh, that, does that even factor into, that doesn't even factor into the equation in this day and age, right? No. Like you go to, I don't know, pick whatever community you live in, <laughs> in the greater Philadelphia listening area that we're in. <laughs> yeah. Like you look at, okay, square footage, how many bedrooms, how many baths, updated kitchen, uh, you know, basement, yard, fence, the whole bit. You assess it. Okay. This home is uh, worth 525000 Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. It's owned by a black person. It's a uh, five. Five hundred and three thousand. <laughs> you think, gotta take twenty two grand off. You think Zillow uh, uh, yes, goes Zillow. by and, and says <laughs> in in my neighborhood, there's people all built by the same builder in the sixties. The the people across the street from me, a wonderful African American couple, their house is worth more than mine. You know why? Because it's bigger, <laughs> and they've upgraded and renovated. <laughs> And they so like put an it's, add-on. Just, it's just a ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous comparison. I know. And 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 that is the reason I wanted to highlight that was because it's just the it's just the epitome of pandering. Yes, you're in a black church and be, and be like, does. see that you know, there's injustice and inequity everywhere, and yeah. only I can help you. And it's just uh, uh, mm-hmm. nonsense. It really is. All right, coming up next, Donald Trump in the news yet again, and it just goes to show you and highlight just how much of a vendetta some of these people in the justice system have for Donald J. Trump. We will delve into the latest allegations with Fanny the Fraud. That's coming up next on Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in live here on a Tuesday morning. Nick Don and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. What's on the cut sheet? That's coming up one hour from now. Also, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, Dawn will kick off hour number two with some news. Uh, Howard Stern in the news. Also, some very, very wealthy people with predictions about Joe Biden coming up for the remainder of 2024. Also, some very interesting stuff that that just came out yesterday um, when it comes to the top 100 broadcasts of the 2023 calendar year, and just how many were actually news and talk and political um, content. And that number has been declining the last couple of years. We'll get to those details and what that means. Also, Political Watchdog has laid out the amount and the ratio of late-night TV jokes that are aimed at conservatives. Surprise, surprise, it's a very high percentage. Uh, We will give you the details uh, of all of the unfunny late-night shows and their attempts at humor at the expense of conservatives. That's coming up. Um, but we need to call out Fanny the Fraud here um, because this bombshell comes down, I think this is around dinner time last night, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening. And I'm not sure if this rises to the level of prosecutorial misconduct. I don't know if this jeopardizes uh, the integrity of the case. I don't know if this is criminal. I don't know if this can lead to her being disbarred from the Bar Association in Georgia. 
But Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, has now been accused of hiring a man that she was in a romantic relationship with to prosecute Donald Trump and play a prominent role in the election interference case, a bombshell court document claims. So Trump co-defendant Michael Roman included these charges in his filing that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is accused of hiring a private lawyer that she was having adult relations with to prosecute Donald Trump. The bombshell allegations are included in a filing by Michael Roman, who is a former Trump campaign official who is accused of taking part in the fake elector scheme in Georgia. The public court filing, which seeks the dismissal of charges against him, alleges that Willis was in a personal relationship with private attorney Nathan Wade, who was paid more than $600,000 as a special prosecutor assisting her office's probe of Trump's election overturn effort. Now, the filing doesn't provide documentary proof of the allegations, but it states that sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney have confirmed that they had an ongoing personal relationship. A Donald Trump co-defendant accuses Fannie Willis of engaging in this personal relationship with an outside prosecutor who was hired with county funds. Um, Don, we have seen this and we have heard this now many times where um, some of these elected officials like prosecutors or judges ran in their election efforts in part on bringing down Donald Trump. We've we've remember. I mean, we don't even talk about it anymore. But, you know, the first case that happened back in the early spring of last year was Alvin Bragg. We played you his clips. We've also played you others that have basically campaigned. I, I want to say it was on like the Breakfast Club show or maybe <laughs> Charlemagne the God show where like, oh, yeah, we're going to get Trump. And this was back in like 2020 or 2021. And now you just start to see this is just another nugget in the little cabinet of if you're storing things where you say this doesn't seem to be a fair and objective rule of law uh, prosecution. It seems like everybody has a skin in the game and something at stake here. And many people have said that Fannie Wills, remember we played you those clips of those people outside of Fulton County. I think they were actually black supporters for Trump yes. saying that Fannie was a bit of a fraud. Yes. And that one guy used to, who apparently ran for Senate in New York years and years ago, black guy that was out there supporting uh, Trump said that Fannie Willis is, um, well, he had some choice words for her. It's like, you know what? A lot of this stuff, well, it's just what, apparently there's a lot of truth to this type of stuff, and you're spending well over six figures of government money that you're having a relationship with, so you can't say you're impartial and you're just following the facts and the rule of law here. This one really stinks to high hell, I got to tell you. Yeah, it does, and when you, you know, to your point, and the one in Georgia is such a complex case, and so you have how many different defendants in that one? And and that's just one of many cases across the country. Even this week before the Iowa caucus, so if you count the civil trial, which is technically out of the caucus because it's next Tuesday, with um, and that's the New York civil case. Yep. You know, or excuse me, that's with the um, the E.G. Carroll case. There are actually three if you counted Tuesday in within less than a week. I mean, it just feels like they're constantly trying to throw you know, rocks and boulders at this guy. And I just don't know. 
I don't know any business person, quite frankly, who would ever look at this whole thing and think, well, I think I'm going to run for president. Right. You know, you can't say, look at every elected official and every politician who who's become president. They all become rich. There's evidence, in fact, that Trump lost money. I know Ivanka and Jared have have had some sweet business deals. He's lost a good portion of his net worth. But Trump yeah. has lost a good portion of his net worth. Right. I mean, so it really, he had like a really good life. And I, you have to wonder, some people talk about Melania, and I know her mom is ailing and very ill and has been for weeks. But you have to wonder at some point, you're you're with your, you know, you're with your wife, you're with your husband, and you go, man, what were we thinking? Was it really worth it? And, right? Yeah, right? Because it's... I don't believe, I honest to God don't believe any of these are going anywhere. I don't. I, no matter what the result is, like two years from now, these, all of these things are going to go away. And much like, you know what it reminds me of locally? Kurt Weldon. Okay. Kurt Weldon was one of the most powerful Republican Delaware County congressmen right before a key election. The feds moved in, raided, accused him of all kinds of crazy Russia. I mean, all this crazy stuff. Never was charged. Took him down. Took down his daughter who had just graduated college and pretty much ruined her life. Never a charge. Mm -hmm. It went on for years. This reminds me, the the case of Weldon reminds me of what's happening here. And I know that the the problem is they look and they go, well, he should have, you know, they give just enough that people bite. And so the question is, it's that old saying that, and there are famous sayings about this, you know, you could drive down a street and if, and if you wanted to target somebody, could you find something Mm -hmm. that you could charge them? Could you prove it? Maybe not. Right. That's what I I do at some point. This is so overwhelming. And to your point about Fanny or Fanny or whatever her name is, however you pronounce it, Fanny Willis, it just feels like it. It's this persecution that's not that is so coordinated. And that's the real question here: mm-hmm. Are they all talking amongst themselves? All these different individuals. Well, remember we we laid out the timeline in the spring. I mean, every time there was something bad about Biden, the next indictment would drop. And it was three or four indictments in a row where when you looked at the date of the indictment that it was announced, it was either the day after something was bad for the Biden administration or the Biden family itself, or it was the first business day because there was one that something dropped on a Friday and then it came out on Monday. And you just looked at it and you're like, are all of these different offices, and let's just call them all under the DOJ, Just and I know there are, some are local municipalities and some are district attorneys, some are federal prosecutors, but you just have to wonder. It's like, did they all get together on a Zoom and just say, hey, here's the way we're going to go. We're going to start with low-key Alvin Bragg, and then we're going to work our way up to classified documents, to Atlanta, to Washington, D.C. And it, it even if you just, and I know, like, Trump is so polarizing that it's hard to be objective when it comes to Trump. Nobody ever is out there like with no opinion on Donald Trump. You're either in one camp or the other. But anybody can object. Like Jonathan Turley's, I think, a great guy to, to kind of follow with all of this. I mean, he's not a Trump supporter. He's not a Trump fan by any stretch. And he has laid out just the weakness behind all of these cases. Where, to your point, you're right. Is there a little shred of something there? Sure. 
But then you try to go to the umpteenth degree and try testing all these untested legal theories. And it's almost like, are these prosecutors and judges and district attorneys, are they all willing to kind of throw away their professional integrity and their careers to make a name for themselves on on a lit, like on a little, oh. a little, like small little beacon of, oh, well, you might be, uh, you're probably not going to get him for it, but there's just a little shred of it. But I think to your point, they know that they will be rewarded and what, whatever they, oh, they're praised <clears throat> in the media. Right? Well, but I mean, monetary, the, they'll be taken care of. All of these people will be taken care of. They'll get these cush jobs and cush positions and, and they'll be hooked up. And, and so I absolutely believe that. And that's actually a great follow-up to follow these individuals who are like Alvin Bragg. What a freaking idiot. Yeah. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. He tried to, the whole bootstrapping with the uh, yeah. statute of limitations expired. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. But watch. He will be rewarded. Yeah. And, and all of these people will be. And we have to be smarter than that. And the bottom line is if they can do this to the president, somebody who was president of the United States of America, if they could do this to a congressman right before an election, right, then they can do it to anybody. Well, and Trump has said that. If they can do that to yep. me, they can do that to you. And it's not just a precedent that they're setting to, to, to you, whoever you is out there. What they're saying is we don't want any other billionaires or multimillionaires with political aspirations coming into our little venue, our little playground, especially if you are trying to, quote, drain the swamp or you're a Republican. Now, they, they'll probably welcome somebody in that's a D that wants to play by the rules and stick to the, you know, what you're supposed to do in Washington and what you're, you know, what's taboo to do. And Trump does everything that's taboo. So he's been he's been made, you know, really what they've made him and without killing him is they've made him a martyr in many ways. I think a lot of people are viewing him that way as they go, you know, all these days go by where it's like it becomes more and more obvious. So if you guys have thoughts, you can jump in. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. After four years, it finally happened. The details coming up after Dawn's News. Hour 2, Kale and Company, next on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, live here on this Tuesday morning, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app, watch us live on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of rain, it's going to be a lot of wind, it's going to be warm. Possibility we might have to go remote tomorrow and do the show from home. What if we can't make it in? Have we have we we'll contemplated be- this? It's a little bit of rain. I mean, it's a lot of rain. It's a lot what of are rain. You talking about? Like, come on. A lot of rain. Three inches of rain. Heavy he's, wind. He's dying to do the show from home. Got my what studio set up. It's never going to snow again. We, we've come to realize that. So we might as well uh, you know, use our uh, remote days for flash floods. Just trying to plant the seed. I'm like Michelle Obama. I'm terrified. I can't sleep tonight. I, You know, this whole thing with the weather, and I don't know if it's, if it's pandemic or what, but even Saturday... Everybody, even the president of the United States of America was supposed to be here Saturday, changed it for Friday. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, oh, stay inside. Yeah. And my son, I go to my friend's house. And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. Everybody, husband, everybody's sick, too. Have you right. noticed that? Everybody's, and my husband's like, you can't go out. I said, yeah. I drove him. We were fine. I uh-huh. drove him back and forth. Like, everything was fine. Uh, our buddy Harry Mays has had a cold for a month. I've had post-nasal drip for three weeks. By the way, Tony Bruno might not be able to join us tomorrow. Is I he? Uh, he's a little sick, too. Miss Robin actually took him to Cape Coral, like, to the... 
Yeah. And biggity big hospital yeah, there. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Bruno, Bruno, he had to broadcast it and make a big spectacle. It was like Bruno, Aww. Bruno Hospital Watch 2024. Oh. <laughs> Robin's tweeting out the live update. Miss Robin's like Wonder Woman take, <laughs> taking care of him. Yeah, I know. You know? But I, so, oh, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we'll see if Bruno's able to join us tomorrow. My guess is he will. He did the show with us last week when he was under the weather. So my guess is he'll he'll battle through. All right, cut sheets coming up at seven forty five this morning, and then we've got some news to get to when it comes to one man who thought he was never going to come down with it, but he finally caught it. Uh, but before we get to all of that, let's get to the news. There's a lot of it. Seven oh three round number two. The great Don Stenson. And good morning. We are sponsored this morning by Best Work Industries for the Blind with storm watches and warnings galore this morning. I'll actually begin with that because um, it affects pretty much the entire region and the East Coast in general. But the flood watch goes goes into effect this afternoon, continuing through tomorrow afternoon. Hazardous weather outlooks in effect And that starts this afternoon, not right now, but the powerful storm is sweeping through our region, bringing possible flooding and damaging winds. And that's the big headline here, that we have a one-two punch, as the National Weather Service is warning of. So it looks like three inches of rain within a time period of less than 12 hours, and we already have ground that is saturated. River, creek, and stream flooding are all possible and, you know, you think of last weekend, all that rain that we got, and then we have more weekend, more rain, by the way, coming uh, Friday night into Saturday morning. But the storm is going to bring these strong wind gusts. So we'll have the saturated ground and then up to 60-mile-an-hour winds. And so in particular for coastal areas, the coastal flood watch is in place as this powerful storm moves through the region. The heaviest period of rain looks like Tuesday evening tonight this evening into tomorrow morning early. And then the rain should, actually the rain, maybe it'll be down to a drizzle when we come in, by the time we drive in tomorrow morning, but that high, 52 degrees. And so we're going to see the lingering shower in tomorrow morning. Flooding threat continues with those gusty winds. After an early high tomorrow of 52, that's when we see, you know, those wind gusts really bring the temperatures down because a new front moves in. So tomorrow, when we leave work, so we go into work, it'll be, you know, 52, 53 degrees. When we leave, for example, it'll be in the 40s. And so this huge temperature drop. And so that's that's another thing to watch there and to, to take note of. Thursday, thank goodness, we get a nice little break on Thursday. Sunny, bright, sunny skies, a high of 50 degrees. Friday, earlier in the day, seems like it's a mild day. However, the the clouds come in Friday evening, a high there of 49 degrees, but the rain moves in Friday night into Saturday morning. Saturday then, during the afternoon, the rain stops, the sun comes out, but then we start to fall, the temperatures start to fall again. So it's this, you know, kind of crazy up and down roller coaster pattern that we're going to see, mm-hmm. but they want everybody to be prepared. You don't want to be driving in this thing tonight for sure. No, no. Because of all the flooding risks. That's correct. So I know that Governor Phil Murphy had declared a state of emergency ahead of this oh. for those extra state funds. Was Murphy projecting the forecasts like he's done in the past? <laughs> I saw that kind of going viral yesterday. Every storm, he, he I think he. It is, I don't know, at some point I think he wanted to be a, a meteorologist. Yeah. 
New Jersey. Yeah, well, he you, loves the... You get great job security, right? <laughs> I mean, you're wrong 73% of the time, and you keep your job. Yes, it's Remarkable. So true. National Park Service, as we've been headlining, reversing course, and now they, they're they saying that their proposal to remove William Penn's statue, and this was the, I'll call this the Little Willie. It was Willie Penn. <laughs> Uh, it was the Little Willie statue, not the big one on City Hall, but right, we've right. been talking about the one in Welcome Park in Old City, which is like a mini, you know, miniature version of the big one atop City Hall. But this is in Welcome Park in Old City. So they withdrew the design, which originally was going to, ironically, they were working with the Native American history groups. Uh, that was really how this all began. It was not necessarily, uh, they say, about William Penn. But they were going to remove that. And so, by the way, the Confederacy of Tribal Nations, they contend the site of the park was actually given to them in the 1700s. So this is this is an ownership battle. That's what part of this they were negotiating with these tribal groups hmm. to say, well, we'll let you redesign it. And so, you know, they're trying to negotiate this. But right. ultimately, the, the area tribal nations, including from Delaware, say, hey, this is our land. Mm hmm. So that's a that's a whole other issue that I think we didn't fully realize on that one, but we've been talking about that one this morning. So they've reversed that and said, oh, it was just preliminary and maybe we should have run it through others. By the way, you can go online and you can give your take if you have some suggestions. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they want to hear... They want to hear the, that was how I think this whole thing started. They put out this thing and said, Hey, we want to get the, we're going to do this fun thing. We're going to redo Welcome Park. <laughs> and they put it out there. Gotcha. It wasn't even fully approved mm-hmm. and kapow. So we've got that going on. Uh, Nick Kale, if you miss his big take, a great big take about Biden's latest speech at Mother Emanuel AME Church yesterday and speaking about you know, the poison of racism in America. So we have all of that going on. Another measles alert, and this is a story that is making national news. Philadelphia has this outbreak of measles cases and now confirmed eight. Eight people confirmed here, but city health department officials believe there are many more, and they believe this this could be the beginning of an outbreak. They want to put the word out. They want to nip this in the butt. So if you think you're sick, they're saying, you know, stay away from others, get to a hospital, a doctor, and get the treatment there. But certainly uh, you don't want to expose any more people. And they're putting out the words at daycare centers as well. well i got to tell you, daycare centers might be the dirtiest place on the planet. Is there anything worse than a daycare center? <laughs> I can attest center? to that. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything in the under the sun just manifests there and comes home to parents. <laughs> it's so true. It's funny. About a month ago... We got the word that like some sort of stomach bug was going around our our, our son's school. Yep. So <laughs> I called my wife. I said, "Get him out of there right now! I do, <laughs> I cannot get the stomach bug. Yep. Take him home. Yep. He's he's going to stay home until this whole thing is yeah. is, is done." I I remember vividly when our girls were at a little daycare place right before they were. Uh, this was even like before pre K. It was like three or four years old. They uh, the stomach bug was going around, and I I told Kristen the same thing because I I know I legitimately cannot get the stomach bug because when I had real bad acid reflux nine years ago, I had the Nissen fundoplication reflux surgery done, which like reinforces that valve in your stomach, and basically it it shuts off. It, like I can't um, throw up. I physically cannot throw up. So if I get the stomach bug, 
all I do is dry heave until I <gasps> basically collapse. You're like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> I'm like Joe Biden falling off a bike. I just I pop. <laughs> it's disgusting. The yeah. dogs can't throw up, right? Yeah. Oh. Can't and so there's no way to relieve myself. I oh just, my god. I just have to ride it out. That's horrible. I know. Oh. And I've had it two or three times. I don't mean to me. laugh. It's yeah. just I do. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know how your dog is <laughs> Yeah, you, you ought to they hear, can't. If I get the stomach bug, you ought to hear me. You ought to mic me up from my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm <laughs> saying, it's like I'm watching an Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Eagles, poor Jalen Hurts. He's got that dangling he'll be finger. Fine. And yeah, they've been he playing says like they have a stomach bug. By the way, did you see that uh, Chad Ochocinco said that they're playing possum and that they're going to be just fine? Oh, the, good. In the hey, who said playoffs. this? Chad Ochocinco. Oh, okay. No, he's an idiot. He says the he says the Eagles are just playing yeah. possum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just lose five <laughs> for the hell of it. We'll play rope a dope like Ali Frazier. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice job, Chad. <laughs> we have new details emerging on pieces of Alaska Airlines. Uh, that plane that the pieces blew off. It was in, found, right? The one piece they found. They're looking for a big. They're looking for several parts. They found the one plug in a teacher's backyard in Oregon. Now they're looking for like this huge spring. But I didn't go into detail. I didn't know all the details yesterday morning as these passengers are. The details are crazy of what these people experienced when this plug blew off and people's um, earbuds yeah. were pl- like sucked out of their ears. Right. A teenager's shirt yep. was like literally sucked off of his body. And they were saying, thank God everybody had basically their seatbelts on tightly mm-hmm. because they're. They thought they were. They thought they were going to die. Well, essentially, the cabin loses all of um, its compression. Its compression right? and the pressure. And I, I watched the video because they they showed it on the five yesterday. You know the little um, oxygen masks. They all come flopping down out of the the overhead. And I, I, the only question I have, and you see a little bit of the video. How high up were they in the process of landing when this happened, or were they at like the highest elevation possible? Because I can't imagine. I'm wondering how that plane survived if they were thirty thousand feet up. Well, this is where you want a really good pilot. You want a pilot who, for example, was in the military. Yeah. You, you know what I mean. You hope to God, and they should really give that pilot and that team, that crew, credit. Oh yeah. Because that that was incredible. That these people were saying just everything was being sucked out of that plane, and people were praying. I don't want to die. I mean, oh, my God. I'm wondering how long the total time duration was from when that plug blew until they were down safely. That's got to be. There's no. There, there's just probably no way you will ever experience anything more horrific in your life if you were on that flight. Like no. you, Now you know, like, literally, like, what a near-death experience is. Well, and that's just it. Will they ever fly again? My dad years ago was on a flight like that, and he—you can't get him to fly. But it, yeah. like, it's—it's it's, yes, it's such a—it's like a that was like a, like hitting Powerball twice. The odds of that happening. Well, that's. But, but statistically, I mean, you're so much safer in the air than being on the ground in a vehicle. What book is this? The World According to Garp. Right. That's the 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 plane flew into the the house. So right, now you right. know we're we're safe. We're. Pre- but part of the, so they now started inspecting all of these Boeing jets and at least, and multiple airlines have found loose bolts. So now it looks like as they get to the bottom of this thing, it's not just the plug, mm-hmm. it's the bolts. They now believe that when that Alaska Airlines flight took off, the bolts 
may have already been off. Oh. And so that's the question. Were the bolts off? Nobody noticed. It just shows you how how blessed. I mean, thank God they're alive. Yeah, absolutely. So now we have all, obviously, this is impacting United Airlines, Alaska. There are all these Boeing planes, all these inspections going on. So there are a lot of delays. So the point is, if you're flying out anywhere, you want to just call ahead, make sure everything's kosher. I know yesterday there were some delays because of this. And the NTSB, obviously, investigating. So there's a lot to it to report to you. All right, let me get to my sponsor really quick. I gave you the forecast, so be ready for the rain. We are sponsored by Best Work Industries for the Blinds e-commerce store, helping businesses succeed in all work environments. BestWorkSupplyCenter.com offers traditional office products, cleaning supplies, furniture technology, much more. Free shipping, next day delivery. Shop now, save at BestWorkSupplyCenter.com. Kalen Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. I am woke, mother <laughs> and I love it. And it finally happened to him yesterday after four years. The details next on Kalen Company. It's Kalen Company On Demand. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. New segment brought to you by Wawa. Wawa has pizza. Get $5 off of pizza when you order in the Wawa app or on your favorite delivery app starting at 4 p.m. Because you got to have a Wawa. 855-839-1210. Welcome back in. Nick Don and Greg Kaling Company. Tuesday morning. The cut sheet coming up in just about 25 minutes. You know, it took four years, but it has finally happened Howard Stern has tested positive for the COVID nineteen virus. Um, this was this is uh, news. This this is phenomenal. <laughs> this is a guy who remember for four years barely barely left his house. Uh, Howard Stern. Uh, this according to the New York Post as well as Outkick. Uh, Howard Stern has hunkered down in his basement for most of the past four years. Terrified of COVID-19. If you recall, Stern discussed an argument with his wife, Beth. Uh, It was over her decision to leave the house during the pandemic, which would increase the chances that she could bring COVID back to his secluded residence. Howard Stern said, quote, Beth has a bunch of plans she has like a wedding shower to go to and lunch to go to with a friend and a dinner and blah, 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 blah. But I can't get COVID, he said. In fact, Howard Stern said that COVID could legitimately kill him. But after four years, Howard Stern apparently missed an entire week of his once interesting, entertaining, thought-provoking, challenging to the establishment radio show. He was out for a whole week with COVID. I got to say this. I, I never want to hear anybody ever again saying that Howard Stern is not relevant. If the fact that he made COVID made the New York Post shows how relevant he still is. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, he's not it's, what I like anymore, but he's still relevant. No, I just, it's 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 just funny to me how everything that guy does gets news, mm-hmm. makes news. So, like, this whole idea that, that he's not relevant and you know, nobody listens to him anymore, obviously do because the New York Post and outlets like that still print stuff about him. Yep. He said, uh, quote, let's see if we can get through this show. We were supposed to be back last week. We weren't, Stern told his listeners on Monday. I got COVID. I just want to announce something. COVID is really bad. You do not want COVID. O-F. And I have to clean that up because he's able to say the bad words on um, satellite radio, and we are not. Uh, so Howard Stern, after four years, has finally tested positive for COVID. To my knowledge now, Stucker, you're the only one that's not had it, correct? You've never had COVID? Dawn hasn't had it either. And well, Dawn's officially, I, I think that I had it. Ah, uh, here we go. 
I know. I so believe you, that. You I didn't believe. Have it. First of all, the low energy tests that they were she providing. She had it. She had anything. it when she had it when everybody was dying from it. But she was asymptomatic. Come on. I think I was asymptomatic. Okay. Okay. I anyway, do. And by the and way, your when entire you family were too, right? I think so. Okay. And by the way, you said you recently had the flu for, for the first time. I was tested for COVID because I went to the doctor. Right, but I'm just saying you said you had the flu for the first time yeah. recently. Yeah. I'll bet you you've had the flu number numerous times. You just were asymptomatic. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. You kind of have the flu and be asymptomatic. Yeah. Zioli's, Zioli's never had COVID. So I'm the only one on the show that, that's had COVID. Because you tested. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, I just, I find it hard to believe that you we could go almost four years with this stinking virus that's around. Where you just, if you live a normal, like Howard Stern did everything humanly possible not to get COVID, he ultimately got it. Like the point being, I, I just can't believe that somebody has not had COVID. Of course, you could be asymptomatic and not know you have it and be totally mm-hmm. fine. But it's just like, you know, to your point, it is it is pretty wild that this becomes news. And I bring that up because there's multiple stories with COVID that I want to hit on. Um, now, all of the uh, virologists and scientists are a little concerned about the new fast-spreading COVID variant, which is not necessarily more transmissible, but they are saying it could be more deadly than the earlier versions. This is BA2.86 or the Pyrola mutation of Omicron, where a new study by Ohio State University. See, this is why Ohio State needed to beat Michigan and get into the playoffs, <laughs> so they could focus on things that matter. Uh, but a new study by the Ohio State University found that BA2.86 can infect cells in the lower lung and it can enter cell membranes more efficiently than other versions of Omicron. Dr. Sean Lu Lau, senior author of the study and professor of virology at Ohio State, said the findings are, quote, worrisome. So put that out there on your radar. Um, I will call this the election variant because it's 2024, uh, which leads me to the last story on COVID. And, you know, luckily, we have not seen much of this in Philadelphia. To my knowledge, I think, Dawn, you had said, was it right before Christmas you had in the news that one of the health um, uh, hospital uh, networks was reinstalling mask mandates if you come, uh, whether you're a visitor or a patient, correct? Yeah, I think I actually had Mainline Health and then Cooper, and there's there are actually, I believe, three now that over, you know, since we've come back, Okay, if I'm counting, I think three if you count Cooper University Hospital. Okay, so we're seeing it, you know, in some of the hospital settings and healthcare facilities. Not so much yet with schools, but give it time. Uh, although I'm glad to be wrong because I said between Thanksgiving and the New Year's, I would expect schools in big blue cities to reinstate these things for five, seven, ten days. Luckily, that has not happened to my knowledge. If there's a story out there, feel free to uh, send it to us in the YouTube chat or on Twitter. We'll certainly make light of it. Uh, but apparently, St. Louis has now joined Los. Angeles and New York and the Bay Area with reinstating mass mandates in various settings for various populations. Uh, somehow in the city of St. Louis, city employees uh, for St. Louis now required to wear masks as of this past Friday. And in case there's any doubt about how 
purposefully ignorant and uninformed city leadership is, their justification for the new mandate is equally unbelievably inaccurate. The memo was sent to sent to St. Louis city employees that they have now instituted the mask mandate in place for city employees in, a dis- in addition to a mask recommendation for all residents. According to the letter, the mandate is due to an increase in both flu cases RSV positive tests, as well as increasing hospitalizations in the greater St. Louis area, you know, which is still really remarkable that some of these big cities, whether it's in city governments or in hospitals, and that's the thing that's most frustrating is if, you know, a city government does it and they want to play politics and do the whole theater bit. Okay, I disagree with it. I think it's a charade, uh, but it's, you know, it's politics. That's what they do. Like the hospitals to still be going down this road when there are multiple studies out that have showed us that the masks simply just do not work. If in 2023, the Cochrane Library, one of the most well respected institutions in evidence based science, published a review of the studies on masking to prevent respiratory viruses, and they found unsurprisingly that there was no evidence whatsoever that masks are effective at stopping the flu. RSV and or COVID. So it's amazing that there's studies out there that show they don't work. There's not studies out there that show they do work. Yet we go back to this like antiquated line of thinking of reinstating the masks. And I was, I was just at my gym yesterday in my apartment complex and there was um, a young boy. I don't know. Or I thought schools are back in session, right? Yeah. But this, this kid had to be 15. He comes walking in, sees me on the treadmill. He's got a black KN95 mask on, immediately does an about face and walks over because my gym is separated in a hallway where the cardio equipment, ellipticals, treadmills, uh, the little spin cycle bikes are in one room and the free weights are in the other room. He does an about face after seeing me with a mask on and then goes into the weightlifting area to do whatever he was doing. And I was like... Did he was that guy like really bothered that there was another human being in the gym? I got I think there's so people that act that like that. I got to tell you man, <clears throat> I'm I've been like that forever and yeah. it's not like I'm not afraid of covid. Mm-hmm. I'm just I just don't want like I don't want people's germs. I don't want people's like uh, gyms are disgusting. People are sweating. And they're, <laughs> you know <laughs> like they're just, it's just there's, there's which is gross things coming off of them. Like I don't want to be next to you when you're grunting and sweating. I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that you're a germaphobe, but COVID doesn't bother you. That's that's an interesting like. So you just don't want to be COVID around. doesn't bother me any more than like the flu or a stomach right. bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I had the same reaction when my son's school had a stomach bug going around that I would have had if it was COVID or the flu or anything. Yeah, I don't want to get anything. Interesting, but. When you do, and that's why you're getting everything. Why? You have a toddler. Yeah. And so this is when you get sick. And so while you, while your kid is, so now you're being exposed <laughs> to things that you've <laughs> never been exp- exposed to yeah. or, or in a long time. And so it's building up your immune system and it's building up your kid's immune system. Right. So what sure. we had was a big interruption. Yeah, I know. And I'll just, as far as the gyms, I'm going to say there was a, <clears throat> a, not in Philadelphia, but there was a gym that I know of that uh, one of many that remained open. And I feel guilty to this day because my one son, you know, they stayed open. They weren't supposed mm-hmm. to. They did. Mm-hmm. And and so we still talk about it because yeah. everybody was fine. Yeah. 
And that was when Governor Wolf, as well as Governor Phil Murphy, they were shutting everything down. Yeah. It Now, what, what we've learned from that, it was the worst thing we could have done. Remember the plexiglass dividers between the treadmills? And then I remember my YMCA, they gave out bottle, spray bottles and rags for everybody. Wipe down your free weights and your treadmill. Well, that's good to do anyway. Yeah, but what we realize that it does not do yeah. anything for uh, COVID-19. Like, remember the restaurants were hell-bent on, like, you know, the, the, the bus boys coming out and spraying down every table? It, it didn't result in anything. It was zero science behind any of that. So uh, just a fascinating story, which I don't think will ever, ever go away. The gyms don't bother me. The only places that bother me are airports and casinos, dirtiest places on earth. Every time I walk in there, I feel like I walk out with a cold. I don't know. I just think it's important to wash your hands. The one thing I do, you know, wash your hands afterwards. The one thing I will say Nobody misses you know in church when you share peace, which I love when you share peace. Peace be with you. And we in some we kiss or we hug, we hug each other. Everybody just gives the peace sign. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, peace, peace, Disgusting. peace. You don't need a hug and kiss uh, everybody. Who's hugging and kissing? A lot of people. Yeah, right. the handshake in church was always a big thing. Yeah. That's why I don't go to church. Stop. <laughs> no, but I. That's why I love. I love that. But I just think that that's a nice result. Same with. You greet family and, th- you know, things like that. Nobody's kissing on the direct lips anymore. Kissing on the direct lips? What yeah. is, what church are you going to? What church? I'm sorry, what weird family. church are you going to? <laughs> oh, the church of Epstein? No, I'm <laughs> conflating, uh, gre- you know, greeting family members. Yeah. You said, like, kiss right, like, uh, on the... Well, yeah, you kiss your family members on the lips? Well, not anymore. Ah. Remember we broke down whether or not it was a violation for Tom Brady to kiss his son on the lips? <laughs> Remember we, we discussed that last my fa- year? That's my family. My entire family. And I would like glob on this lip gloss. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, lip gloss. No, yeah, that's, go, that's not. You don't. And I'm telling you, my no entire family does that. Yeah. No kissing on the lips. I know like Italians do it. I know like it's a thing. But yeah. I know my entire family. Mwah, right on the lips. My in-laws used to give me a kiss, but then I told them I was voting for Trump. They haven't kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what are you do? Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. The number. Cut sheets coming up seven forty five. Joe Biden, the Democrats, and a lot of top strategists saying it might not be a good idea to agree to a debate with Donald Trump. Does it make sense? We'll kick that around next on Kale and Company. Stay right there. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company. Also, just how skewed are the late night jokes on late night television? When it comes to targeting conservatives, we will give you that post cut sheet this morning. But right now, dropping out or debating, that is... A couple of the questions and the headlines that are out there this morning. I saw two things that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, number one, uh, in regards to dropping out, uh, this courtesy of the New York Post, as the headline reads, Joe Biden will drop out of the 2024 presidential race. So says a top strategist for J.P. Morgan. Uh, President Biden, according to this individual, will not run for re-election during a tumultuous year that will see parts of the country suffer rolling blackouts, the release of an inhaled COVID vaccine, 
and a boycott over driverless cars. That according to a top J.P. Morgan Chase strategist who gave his top 10 predictions for 2024. Michael Sembalest, who heads the Market and Investment Strategy Unit in the Wall Street Bank's Asset Management Division of J.P. Morgan, gave his top 10 surprises for 2024 over the weekend. Uh, And tops amongst that was his prediction that 81-year-old Joe Biden will drop out of the race at some point between Super Tuesday and the November election, citing health concerns. As we know, Super Tuesday is the March 5th presidential primary, where we have primaries and caucuses that will be held throughout more than a dozen states in this country. So this individual is projecting that Joe will drop out. Now, he does not go on to say who he thinks will become the candidate. Um, I have since, for the last about six weeks, have said that I do believe now that Joe will drop out at some point in 2024. We will see if that happens. But if he does not, Joe will have to face the dilemma or the question of whether or not he engages in a debate with presumably Donald Trump. And Democrat strategists and longtime advisors are wondering if that's even a good idea. Um, And this is courtesy of The Hill, where Democratic lawmakers are not relishing the scenario uh senate democratic whip dick durbin says quote i would think twice about it uh i have been physically present at one of trump's debates with hillary clinton and i watched him do outrageous things and say outrageous things it's just an opportunity for him to display his extremism at the same time we acknowledge that voters perception of biden's age he's 81 years old is his biggest political liability. I would also argue his his failures in office with policies and the economy is also a major liability. But James Carville has been very outspoken about Joe Biden and says it would be risky for Biden to face Trump, and it would look bad if the president ducked his opponent, creating this dilemma. He says, quote, there's damage if you don't debate. There's damage if you do, and you don't do well, he said. It's kind of expected of a presidential candidate. The lead strategist of uh, former President Bill Clinton's 1992 campaign acknowledged that Biden's age is an issue, but warned that avoiding a debate with Trump would only put a brighter spotlight on it. Quote, not debating would certainly accentuate the age problem. It's obviously a decision that's going to be discussed and parsed and gone over with a fine-tooth comb. So let's get into this for a couple of minutes, because you've seen Trump, he has not debated, and I think rightfully so, against Republican primary challengers, but Trump has said many times that he relishes the opportunity, and rightfully so, because I don't think, even if you took and bottled up whatever Joe was on Friday, and I'm you know saying that tongue-in-cheek, But if you took Biden's best performance so far in the last handful of months, you would say from an energy standpoint, Joe probably looked at whatever Joe's A game is in his current state of affairs last Friday and yesterday, although yesterday was pretty low energy, too. I mean, he was pandering, going back to the dated playbook, but he did have energy last Friday in Bluebell. Um, If you roll Joe out in a debate against Donald Trump, And look, maybe, and we've certainly discussed this in the past where we've said with, you know, debates where it was, um, Mehmet Oz against John Fetterman. 
I mean, Oz obliterated Fetterman, but everybody had already made their minds up, right? So I would think the same is applicable here with Trump and Biden. Most people have made up their mind on where they stand with both guys and who they'll vote for. But I think it would be probably worse if they roll Joe out there. Because if they put him out there and Trump carves him up, which I fully anticipate happening. Look, is Trump what he was in 2016? No. But I've said I think Trump's still about 90, 95% of what he once was. I think he will destroy Joe Biden in a debate. It might not matter as far as election results, but if I'm a strat, like if I'm a James Carville, mm-hmm. I am sitting here saying, I'm like, you know what? Keep doing what you're doing. I don't think we need to debate this guy. I think it could go terribly, terribly wrong for us. Let's minimize our chances of exposing the 81-year-old. My my strategy would be not to debate Donald Trump if I'm a Democrat. You guys agree with that or no? Do you think he will do you think it works more against him to duck Trump or to go out there and have a bad showing? Because I can't imagine any way, shape, or form that Joe goes out there and excels in that setting in his current state. I think that at some point they would have to face off. And so the one who had the most to lose last time, and I'll point out to you that it was Chris Christie who helped with debate prep, was was that abysmal debate where they were calling each other a clown, where Trump and Biden were calling each other clowns, and it became a shouting fest. Yeah. And it was just embarrassing, but ultimately... It was it was Trump's to lose in that case. Mm-hmm. And so and he was the incumbent. And so will. So now what happens? It, is it whose debate? Who has more to lose? And I would say this, that Trump has learned from that. And so Biden just has to look like he's not senile. The, the bar is low for Biden, quite frankly. Of course, as long as Biden looks like he's with it and he can carry a sentence and he just stays on point and does his memorized things. I think I think that he he stays the course. So Trump has to try to you know a look presidential, bring up all of the issues, but in essence try still try to knock Joe off. Well, that's what I was going to say to you, a point where Joe yeah. shows that that he is not with it. Yeah, you just hack away at Joe and interrupt him. He loses his train of thought. He's dead. It's, but I it's would, a completely derailed car. But all the interruptions, remember last time what happened, the interruptions didn't look good for Trump. Mm. And ultimately, I think that Trump, because he was interrupting him, he actually allowed Biden to cover up the fact that if Trump had just let him go, yeah, if Trump had just let him talk on and on and on, he would have been a bumbling, he would have looked like a bumbling, senile person mm-hmm. who's not in control of all of his faculties yeah which is accurate okay there you go james carville um he's uh i tell you what i don't think james carville's very um uh optimistic about the democrats he's had some uh very uh accurate and not so flattering things to say that are truthful about the left right now he's one of those old school democrats though mm-hmm. so like you, he is. you look at him and and he I think he speaks for the majority of how Democrats actually feel, but he's not part of that woke progressive yep. Democrat party. Yep. Um, and he's been the most outspoken. And by the way, he's not a conservative by any means. Oh, no. He despises no. Republicans, but he's, he's, um, even though he's married to one, 
Um, I know. Is he uh, really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary uh, Matlin, mm, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they uh, he knows that if the Democrats keep going down that woke aisle, they're going to lose. And he's been saying that for a long time, but everybody, you know, the new generation always looks into like, okay, boomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. You're, you know, you, who'd you help get elected? Bill right. Clinton? Right. Ah, that well, was, he's, he's that more, was like 30 years ago. Carville's more of like a classic liberal, like a Bill Maher. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Bar- Bill Maher are sub- simpatico on a lot of stuff. Yep. All right. 746 Tuesday morning. Let's get to uh, another edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the cut sheet on this Tuesdays brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where right now you can get a sensational 2023 S60 courtesy of Volvo for less than $29,000. These beautiful Volvos have less than 5,000 miles. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo today and get yours. Cherry Hill Volvo, check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. We had this story yesterday that was planted in the hill about Ron DeSantis dropping out by January 15th, right? Muster, Muster there we go. Yep. Because um, that that will be after the Iowa, the after Iowa caucus. Yep, six days from now. Um, he was asked about this uh, over the weekend, and he says that it's categorically false. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is what Ron DeSantis said about this report. Cut three, Phil. Go. It's a lie, totally made up. And, you know, what, when people, you know, fabricate these anonymous sources and do it, what, why he's saying that is because he wants people to somehow think, oh, you know, why should I go in negative 20 degree weather to help? No, you should show up because, you know, we're the one that can get the job done for this country. Uh, but that report is categorically false. Yeah, you know, the more you think about this in this day and age of sources and weasels and people putting stuff out there that's misinformation, I mean, that could have came from Chris Christie's camp, Nikki Haley's camp, Vivek Ramaswamy's camp, the Trump campaign. I mean, that could have came from a variety of people that are looking to gain out of it. And um, I, I look, you know, DeSantis has been an abject failure as far as his campaign from really the day he officially launched. But... I, I said yesterday I couldn't believe that he would be the first to go by the wayside, especially after getting the endorsement of the Iowa governor, he, Kim Reynolds. He's going to go before Nikki Haley goes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair to say. But, I mean, a week from today, January 16th, can we really envision the headline that Ron yes. DeSantis uh, suspends his campaign? Yes. yes. I don't see that. Not yet. Not yet. I do think it's going to happen, but not yet. So what is he going to wait for? He's going to get. He's going to have a really bad showing in Iowa. Trump is going to run away with Iowa. Well, how many we have? What New Hampshire and South Carolina coming up in a matter of and and well, the New different- Hampshire. I'll give the dates. Um, January twenty third is New Hampshire. Okay. and then February third is Super Tuesday, which includes South Carolina. I mean, it's possible he could be gone by Valentine's Day. I'll go that far. So they were a month off. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're saying th- these two sources are saying he's he's out right after Iowa. Like the next, if he if he doesn't win, he's he's done. I mean, there's a little bit of smoke to this because he has lost some of those big donors, and Nikki Haley's scooping up some of that money. But um, do Oops. I see it happening in January? I do not. Excuse me, I have to re- I have to correct that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The South Carolina Democratic par- primary is 
Saturday, February 3rd. Which is why Joe's in yes. Charleston yesterday. And then the South Carolina Republican primary is Saturday, February 24th. Super Tuesday, obviously, is in March, March 2nd. Hmm. Which is um, Idaho, Michigan, Republic. Um, okay. Idaho, Michigan, Missouri, D.C., North, uh, so talking- North Dakota, Alabama, Alaska, American Samoa, Arkansas, Arkansas, California, Colorado, etc. So the first two are Iowa and New Hampshire, correct? Mm-hmm. For the Republicans. Yes. Nikki Haley is within single digits of Donald Trump in New Hampshire, which means Ron DeSantis is way far down. And Ron DeSantis is not going to have a good showing in Iowa because Trump is running away with Iowa. That's so true. where so where does it where does it show to his donors? that he is poised to be the republic you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean you've got to impress the the money people that are bankrolling this and, and backing you it's just i i i'm still blown away by the concept of him bowing out before super tooth like i never would have thought that that would happen and he's the one who's that's you know i guess you know there's something to the element of selectively choosing which polls you want to believe. Like, we all sit here and say, take polls with a grain of salt. Is it possible that DeSantis could be accurate when he says, because he's really dismissed the polls, saying yeah. that there are there's a quiet uh, group out there that is sure. is going to show up to support him. Polls are wrong. We we said that last week. Yeah. All these polls are wrong. And I do think not he bows out eventually. Just a reflection of anything for 2024. Yeah. That being said... I just don't see if there's anybody, if there's anybody other than Trump mm-hmm. that gets in, it's Nikki Haley and not Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. I, I agree I'm with just, that. I'm just, I'm just saying that right now. It, it's so there's, there's no path for him. I, I just think there's a stubborn out. There's a, there is, there are some similarities with DeSantis and Trump, and I think DeSantis has a bit of that stubbornness like Trump does. So I just don't see him taking his ball and going home as early as some are projecting. Yeah, but I think that he is. He is DeSantis for his part. He has youth on his side, right? I mean, the guy's in his early to mid forties. He forty four. Yeah. So he has a long career ahead of him, and so I think that he he has to be prudent here. He has to be wise, and he has to think about the future. And he doesn't want. I know that Florida is not Super Tuesday, but it is in later in February. And so I, I just think moving forward, he doesn't want to be embarrassed in his own state. True. Isn't it better to just get behind? I think, you know, I think that he will get behind Trump ultimately. And because Trump is clearly the candidate, he's going to uh, go with, with who he thinks is going to win because that's, yeah. that is the prudent. You know, that's prudent, that's wisdom, and that's discipline. And I think that is DeSantis. I'm telling you that they're going to, I believe that that, um, that story is correct. Now that it's out there, they're going to say, well, we're not going to do it on that date. But I think he's out by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. The end of January. The end of January. He's going to yeah. cut bait. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then the other piece that you mentioned that's significant is Michelle Obama. Because we'll get to, yeah. Oh, you're going to get to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Okay. See what you had, Nick had brought it up, or I know, earlier, and you want, but I think the Obamas are activated. Yeah. And <laughs> activated. You know, like, that's like such from my boys, like, She's Transformers, She's the Decepticons have yeah, been activated. activated. Yep. And I, and I was trying to look up some of the changes that we've seen with Biden. He, to me, because I always, I love to look at speechwriters, and I, 
uh, he has some, there's some, there's somebody new who is writing or coordinating his speeches. These speeches from a writing standpoint, whether or not you, you know, agree with the content, these speeches are well written and weaved in beautifully. Mm -hmm. And, and these are high quality speeches from a writing standpoint. So the Obamas are involved. The Democrat, this is what the Democrats do. They come together and for Michelle Obama to say what she said makes me think, Rut row, because I know we've talked about this for years, but if she did decide to run and then they think about putting the Obamas back in the White House, I think that that is concerning. I do not want to see that. Then I think I picture Trump debating her or mm-hmm. talking about her. And I think, oh, please, God, don't talk well, about her. I've already said this. Um, forget whether or not I think she would run. I've been on record many times as saying is she's a Republican's worst nightmare. Yes. If she runs, yep. she will be the president of the United States. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> I would empty my 401k out on it. <laughs> and part of it is because now you have you have Trump who's very blunt. And so he's going to say things like, what have you done? What has she ever done? What is she actually? She's not proven. What? It, and the, and then the other side, you know what they're going to say? Racist. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. That's that's what they're going to say. Even if he just is very good about and blunt about talking about her qualifications of what yeah. have you run? Well, for Democrats, what have you done? They don't care. They don't care what you've done. They elected Fetterman for God's sakes. But this is a this is a whole different level, right? I know. I know. Because it's Michelle Obama. Yep. Uh, and she's popular. I mean, I like I like her on her. She's a mom and a wife and all like that. But, man, this would be she's got a disaster. Big she's got a big following. Yep. Uh, moving on to cut four here. Speaking of Michelle Obama, she was on some podcasts. I have no idea. Because everybody's got a podcast. And uh, <laughs> talking about the 2024 elections, she says, I'm terrified about what could possibly happen. Um, possibly planting the seed. Um, we will see. Cut four. Phil, go. The things that yeah. keep me up because you you don't have control over them, mm-hmm. and you wonder where are people? Where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit, it affects us in ways that I, sometimes I think people take for granted. There you go. Well, she is right. Elections have consequences. <laughs> There's no doubt about yes. that. Uh, but the fact that she's sitting there selling the fear, terrified, she stays up at night as she's in one of her 14 different properties or on that yacht. <laughs> one of her Greece. mansions. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk about lining your pockets. The, the Obamas are so so set financially, it's not funny. Um, but yeah, she's she's selling the fear. It's, it's right out of the same playbook that Biden has ripped a few pages out of Barack's binder. Um, and there are people that are absolutely going to buy that. Uh, is she planning this? Look, all I've ever said, and I always get pushback. I mean, you guys give it to me. I get it on Twitter. All I said is that I believe there is a percentage chance that one day Michelle Obama runs. Now, what that percentage of chance is, I don't know. It could be 0.1%. It could yes. be a tenth of 1%. Yes. I'm just saying it's not zero. That's all I know. 
<laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. As Lloyd said zero. in Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. Uh, by the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT, where Donald B. Smith won, right? Uh, what about what Vivek said about Trump being a lame duck president? Do we need somebody who can go for the full eight years? Well, that's no. that's been DeSantis's like rallying yeah. cry. We we need more than one term to undo what Joe has done wrong. No, because Trump comes in, he takes all the heat, and then his Veep is is propped. They're they're queued up, and so now instead of eight, you're looking at twelve. Yeah, How's in, that? A, in a perfect world, it'd be great. So let's go for twelve. Trump for four, and then you another. Guys, that's right, baby. Eight. You guys are high. <laughs> <laughs> Which will never happen. It'll never happen. Twelve, baby. Yeah. Watch, uh, watch uh, Scotus overturn the uh, the abortion pill drug, and and, and the GOP won't and be powered for, for for the rest yeah. of my lifetime. Uh, Nikki yeah. Nikki Haley had a uh, town hall last night in Iowa with Fox News. This was Brett Baer, and I guess that's Martha McCallum. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, she took shots at both DeSantis and uh, Trump. She was asked by Brett Baer about uh, um, uh, raising the retirement age because that that was something that uh, DeSantis claimed that she said. Uh, she said that she did not say that. So this was uh, that little back and forth. Uh, this is cut 14. Phil, go. Uh, Governor DeSantis is hitting you for claiming the retirement age is, quote, way, way too low. He said, quote, I don't know why she's saying that. So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never once said that. Well, wait, I've... wait, wait. In Bloomberg interview, you said um, anyone who says they'll leave America bankrupt, Social Security will go bankrupt, Medicare will, so we don't touch anyone's retirement, but go to people like my kids in their 20s and tell them the rules haven't changed. Change the retirement age to reflect life expectancy. Yes, for those in their 20s. But I have never said retirement age is way too low for everyone else. I mean, he's totally misrepresenting the facts. That's what he's done. Ron continues to lie because he's losing. But the reality is, that is what I have always said, is America should keep her promises every time. But rather than saying you're not going to touch it, like Ron says, we have to touch it. But we have to also be honest and over-communicate with those in their 20s that this is what we're going to do. But if we do this, we'll make sure you have something to go forward with. And it's also letting seniors and those in their 40s and 50s know, don't worry, we're not looking to touch yours. We're looking to actually save it so that you have something when your time comes. Okay. Well, I mean, at this rate, with the Biden economy, none of us are going to be able to retire for the entire duration of our lives. We're all going to work till we're 82 years old and drop over dead. Um, so, you know, she um, it, it seemed like Brett was really ready to fact check her on that. And she kind of wiggled out of it by, you know, saying, you know, comparing 20 year olds versus the older generation. Um, for, for me, I've told you my plan. I mean, I'm going to do this job, this show for 25 years. Um, I'm going to retire at 63. And I'm going to Florida, and you're never going to hear from me again. Just like radio, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Can I just point something out about sure. retirement? I don't really know. I'm I'm not sure. I would have to listen back to that because she. This is where she's talking about they're not going to touch yours, and they're they're not going to touch yours because we're not going to touch yours. Was that a high quality explanation? No. Uh, to me, that's the problem sometimes she goes into these bizarre rabbit holes like that touching yours and we're not going to touch them and he said they're not going to what yeah we just say just say look number one the economy right now nobody's say what you just said yeah Yeah. say say right now everybody 
everybody should be worried right. with this economy. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, I'm going to fix the economy. Here's how. Number two, of course, th- that's a, that's absurd. I'm not going to mess with what people have earned and worked for their entire lives. She needs to say those things and speak in this way that's that's not so archaic. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to touch yours, and I'm not going to touch mine, and you don't touch this, and I won't touch that. Right. want to pound it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then do like a dry rub. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a cooking show or MC Hammer. Can't touch this. I don't a- know. It was weird. Ava on the YouTube chat writes, Nikki Haley is Mitt Romney in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that believe that, 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 that comparison. There's a yeah. lot of people out there that, I'm telling you, are, are very much anti-Nikki right now. Um, I know it's not reflective in the polls, but uh, she also went after Trump here. Uh, she says chaos follows Trump. You don't fix uh, Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. Uh, this is cut 13, Phil. Go. And I told him then we needed a new generational leader. I told him then we needed to leave the negativity and the baggage behind. And I stand by that. Look, I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies, but rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. And y'all know I'm right. Chaos y'all, follows him. Y'all know. And uh, we, that got an applause, by the way. We can be a country in disarray and the world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't fix Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. And not only that, we can't go through another nail biter of an election. We can't. And if you look at the head-to-head polls, Trump, on a good day, might be up over Biden by two points. Wall Street Journal had him up by four. I'm in every one of those same polls. I defeat Biden by 17 points. 17 points. Do you know what that means? That's, that's more than the presidency. That's governorships, that's House, that's Senate, that's all the way down to school board. But more than that, you go in with a double-digit win over Biden in D.C., that's a mandate to get our out-of-control spending back on track. That's a mandate to make sure our kids are reading and get our education back to the basics. That's a mandate to secure our borders with no more excuses, and that's a mandate to bring law and order back to our country. she, that was a great answer by her. It was, it was a fabulous was. answer by her. It was very it was. good. Yep. The only thing I would say is if I was one of those two moderators, Brett Baer or Martha McCallum, and this might come off as if you're defending Trump, but I think it's actually the reality of the situation. It's not necessarily... Look, does Trump create some of the chaos himself? Absolutely. I mean, he's very polarizing. He says a lot of braggadocious stuff, no doubt. But the media creates a lot of this frenzy. And if Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy think that the media will be any less um, ambitious in creating chaos and drama around a Republican presidency and White House, they're sadly mistaken. Maybe they won't give the same sound bites, but she's in for the same battle and Vivek's in for the same battle as well. Absolutely. And I thought, as she was saying that, chaos follows him. So he was untouchable prior to the pandemic. He was an untouchable. He was going to win the next election, slam dunk, he was untouchable, which is why a lot of people thought, hey, did somebody create the pandemic? Because, wow, you know, Trump had it in the bag. Mm-hmm. And so my follow up to Nikki Haley at that point to say, OK, chaos follows him. Are you speaking of the pandemic? Because prior to the pandemic, he was certainly one of, if if not the most successful president ever in our history for peace and prosperity. Then the pandemic hit. 
And then, yes, the chaos began. Fauci, who, by the way, was behind closed doors yesterday and will be today again answering some questions. But so you're blaming Trump for the pandemic? You're blaming Trump for the fact that, you know, Jim Acosta and the media just constantly, you know, takes him on and constantly revs all of this up? So that that's a fair follow-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the media had him in his crosshairs the moment he decided to run as a Republican. And once they realize that, like, oh, man, this guy's coming in with a flamethrower, then all of a sudden it becomes wall-to-wall coverage of this radical guy named Donald Trump who all of a sudden wants to blow up the establishment, so to speak. So Yeah, radical guy, you know, because he wanted to build a border wall, complete it. They wouldn't let him. So he said, well, let's look around at all these budgets. Yeah. And remember, he found all that money in the Pentagon. Well, they didn't want him messing with the Pentagon budgets. You know, he started finding all this money. And with his power, he started doing things that others had not done before. You know, you could you could argue that as he was looking at all of that, like a business mogul would, and starting to say, well, how can we move this money around to do things like border security. They did not want any piece of that. Speaking of the wall, did you see him over the weekend talking about building the dome? <laughs> they want to build the dome me, to prevent like a, an invasion of a country? Let me ask you guys a question. If you believe these polls, the, the polls that Nikki Haley just cited, and, the, you know, it is a nail-biter between Trump and Biden. And, you know, this show, at least you, Nick, are on record saying, like, I don't know if Trump can beat Biden. Yep. Do you think Nikki Haley could? I think Trump, Haley, and DeSantis could beat Joe Biden. Who has the best chance? Trump. I I think it's Trump now. Uh, For the longest time on this show, um, I thought DeSantis was your best option because I thought Trump would be dead on arrival because so many people hate Trump. So but now, with but, with all the with all the prosecutions, I think Trump's chances are better. So we don't believe the polls that show. Tr- uh, so we believe the polls that show Trump up thirty points up in Iowa, but the ones that show Nikki Haley seventeen points above Biden, we don't believe those. I don't. Well, first of all, I take all of them with a grain of salt. The national polls, I I really do take with a grain of salt. Yeah, I just will say on my instinct. And just look at her last answer there. That that answer was pretty weak, and she could have knocked that one out of the park. I think that that she has no idea, and none of us have any idea what that's like to be the person, the nominee. I feel like the media, as well as the Democrats, this would be very dirty. And I think that she, in that realm, would be a political lightweight, mm-hmm. and I think they would eat her alive. I To answer your question, Stalker, I think if... I think it's more accurate that if Trump were to beat Biden, it would be by a very, very small margin. I do not believe Nikki Haley would blow out Joe Biden. I think if Nikki Haley does beat Joe Biden, and I do think she could beat Joe Biden, as I said, but it would not be by this well, the, this massive landslide. These day these days of blowout elections because of the electoral college are, are, are like it's never going to there's never going to be a blowout election again. There's right. just not. So. You know the the seventeen points thing. Uh, you know you can take that with with it what you will. But I I, I just there's never going to be a blowout election again. So I don't think she could beat Biden by that much. But I do think she can beat Biden. Yeah, I agree. I think she can. I I think DeSantis could beat Biden even today, even today. 
You know, in a hypothetical scenario, if if uh, yeah, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy uh, all fell off the face of the earth and there was only Ron DeSantis left, I think DeSantis could beat Biden. Uh, speaking of Biden, we played some clips earlier from him at the uh, Mother Emanuel Church in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. The, the uh, speech started off um, around 1230, and it started off with some protests. Uh, this is how that sounded. This is cut eight. Phil, go. Without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. Did you really care about the lives lost here? You should honor the lives of all the people for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! 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 Ceas
they plan. If Trump is on the ballot, they will all they they will all rally around Biden. And, and I'm, that, I'm telling yep, you, that's, and that's, and the GOP yeah. won't. Yeah, there will still be never Trumpers yeah. who will not rally around Trump because it's all about them, mm-hmm. and that's the problem ultimately with the GOP yeah. is they're not going to come together and rally around their candidate. I see. I disagree with what you just said, Stalker. That Biden is not as unpopular as the polls show. I actually think he is every bit as unpopular, yet they still won't care because the alternative is Trump. So they'll be like, no, I hate Biden. He's awful. But you know what? It's better than Trump. That's the mindset out there. I think he's absolutely as unpopular. I've never met anybody that likes Joe Biden, ever. But the Repu- I'm surrounded by Democrats. But the Republicans and, and the Republicans, every one of them, need to get it together and say, you're not voting for Trump. You're voting for a better economy. Yeah. You're not voting for Trump. You're voting for peace and prosperity. Use the use the the mindset and rationale that the Democrats do. We're not voting for Joe. We're voting against Trump. We need to have more people on the Republican side that say, you know what? Okay, I get it. You don't like Trump because of this, or you don't like Trump because of that. Well, just vote for Trump because you're voting against the other guy because you're. 401k is going to hell and gas and growth. Everything that we've talked about that's been a disaster, that's mm-hmm. the sales pitch to the person out there that I, doesn't like Trump. But I disagree in the sense that you have to say what you represent. And so the Republicans need to, to say, here's what we are for. Okay, all the all the Democrats are talking about is they're talking about racism and scary stuff and what they're against. But what are they for? Because clearly they're not for peace in the world. They're not for a a safe and secure border. Clearly they're not for more jobs. They're not for a better economy. They're not for a better retirement. They're not they're not for a better America. We are. And so that's what you're voting for when you vote Republican. They need to have a message that's a positive energy message that talks about here's what we're for. Here's what we will do for you, America. That's the message. It's really simple. And they have to constantly point out how the Democrats have been a disaster and a failure, and they Mm -hmm. have failed you, the American people. To simplify it even more, I mean, it's if to vote Republican right now is just a vote for common sense. Men cannot become women. If you could, I'm going to steal a line from Tim Scott. Remember when Tim Scott launched his campaign? Commit a crime, go to jail. Like, I mean, there's just some basic stuff out there that the Democratic Party, after being hijacked by the progressives, have gone completely against the grain with common sense. And you can lay them all out there from the gender culture wars to the radicalization of our criminal justice system where we just let people out of jail. We don't prosecute people like you just lay out some of these basic things on top of the economic factors. And you're like, oh. Okay, I can get behind that because the reality is I would say who can't get behind that? But people don't I mean, we saw this in twenty twenty two. People don't vote on that stuff. That's right. They don't. It's exactly, it's, exactly it's, you're right. It's fun talking points and we spend a lot of time on these shows debating them, but that's not what people vote on. Mm-hmm. So people vote on yes, people vote on the economy, and the economy sucks right now, yes. Agreed, one hundred percent. But you know what? People also vote on emotions and and what they what they think as is their rights being taken away, and maybe and maybe you know democracy be on the ballot. People vote on that stuff, and the Democrats have a very good and I say good in quotation marks because I mean good for them. It's a good message that resonates with a lot of their base. Mm-hmm.
to Greg's point, and here's what why I say what I say about what you need to say what you are about. Who are what are you for? What are you going to do? I learned a lot in the last election because I really believed that the candidates. I know the candidates in Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delaware County. There were some great candidates, especially in Bucks, and especially that's um, CBSD, the Central Bucks School School District, mm-hmm. and and that situation that happened. There were some fantastic candidates who had great ideas, but the message that the Democrats continued with is they want to ban their. This is what the, the Democrats got out front, and they defined all the Republicans as people. They want to ban your books. They are. They want to bully kids who are different and who are LGBTQ+. And they defined Republicans as that. The Republicans needed to get out front and need to do this now. And they needed, especially at the local level, to say, we're not for any bans. We're not for any bullying. That's where we could all agree. But we are for a conversation with the community for parental rights, for a conversation about appropriate curriculum this is what we are for. We are for having a conversation about how the policies are going to affect your property taxes. Mm-hmm. They needed to get the, the word out, especially in Bucks County, and say, if you vote these this group in, your property taxes are going up. Yeah. And right now, as I speak, just talk to anybody who lives in Delco who voted all Dem. Guess what? Look at their taxes right now. Yeah. They're all going up. This we can all agree on that protesters, no matter what the protesting is, that block traffic are awful human beings. You're damn right. Well, this fed-up driver physically removed... Yeah. <laughs> this, this happened in New York City. All right. He physically removed the Free Palestine uh, protesters blocking off the bridge into Manhattan because he said he had to go see his... Uh, he had to go get his daughter in Brooklyn. And you can see the... Fr- he speaks, this man... By the way, go to YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see this video. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see this video. By the way, if you're watching right now, please hit the like button. But you can see the frustration in this guy's face. And he speaks for every commuter right now who these 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 people blocking traffic with their dumb causes that are not going to stop anything... And they're just pissing off yep. commuters. This is me in a nutshell right here. This is cut 11, Phil. Go. Honking <laughs> at him. Yep. <laughs> Saying, don't touch my car. Traffic, <laughs> can't do that. That's against the law. Yeah. My man's beard's missing a little bit, though. Yeah. Right. That is a bad look. Oh, he pushes him, pushes him. Yeah. Don't you love? I believe they, they, they moved out of the way now, huh? The optics of this. Yep. He's an African American man, and these 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 white woke idiots. Yep. 
And he's driving a Honda. Is that a Ridgeline? <laughs> no, it's the passport or the no, that's the pilot with the New Jersey license plate. That's and he the finally, SUV. Yeah, yeah it's finally a good gets vehicle, over, by the way. Finally gets over the bridge. You can there. get one at Piazza Auto Group if you want Piazza Honda right now. Uh, yeah, that's a good job out of him because he now look. I don't. I don't really condone the putting your hands on another person. Oh, um, they're but, blocking traffic absolutely. But he he created enough fear for those people to get the heck out of the mm-hmm. way because if he doesn't get out and do that. I think if he just keeps beeping and threatening that he's going to go through them, they probably don't move. But once he got out, my only issue with the whole situation is you got to either shave off the goatee or grow the beard. <laughs> that's your, that's like, your issue with this? He's missing like his cheeks are empty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, Good some, work out of him. Though. Somebody on the YouTube chat says this dude deserves the Medal of Freedom. I yes, agree with that. I do. If this guy ran for, for president, he'd win That's in a right. landslide. I said there there won't be any landslides. He would win in a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter's in Brooklyn. <laughs> By the way, if you were watching on YouTube, you could see the very back of his car seat. It looked like it had an American flag on it. It did. I don't in, know if you in saw the front, that in the driver's seat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if because these people are public and you could track them down. I wonder if if there could be a class action lawsuit against a group of these people because they've denied your constitutional rights. Yep, a free movement. Yep, right? and I I would sugge- I think that's the answer here. And I'm not a litigious person, but I do think you look at these people they're they're going home to their home and yep. the nice home in the burbs. Yep, and I just think they need to start class action lawsuits. Say you violated our constitutional rights. And you, you, you hindered our freedom, our right to get to where we needed to go and sue them in a class action way just to make this stop. What do you think maybe about all of the different law enforcement agencies collectively, whether it's at the local level or, you know, at any level above local police, they all get together on some sort of joint mm-hmm. conference and say, hey, moving forward, this is going to be the the rule of thumb, you know, give it 30 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever, but then eventually we have to have some sort of protocol to no. get these things out of the way. Nick, I don't think we should give it a minute. I think that that's another, you, you just made me think of that too, that a municipality has the right to say, look, we're down a thousand police officers yeah. in Philadelphia. This cost us resources, and so we're billing all of you. You owe us, you know, $333,000 because we had to call in other people from overtime, etc., mm-hmm. to cover the shifts and so on and so forth. And so bill all of these people, sue yeah. all of these people. I'm sorry to say that, but I ultimately think that's the way to individually reach these people to say, you are creating a hazard and you can't do that. By the way, uh, good job, Phil. He he uh, froze the video on the gentleman, and uh, the back of his seat, like the headrest, yeah. has an American flag. It looks like it's a patch, a patch on it. Cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So maybe he's a veteran. Could be military. Yeah. And look, look, and for all the people, for all the people that tuned over to see the video on YouTube, everybody's like, "Where's the video?" Just go back. Yeah. Just go back a few. Yeah, can we go, hey, Phil? Can we go back to that freeze frame one more time? You can see the uh, there it the is. USA flag. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there, he's yelling. He's yelling at him. Look, he he got uh, he <laughs> he displayed restraint because he didn't run him over. <laughs> so he pushed him. Ah, so what? I, I wonder if we get a follow up where one of these protesters that files a lawsuit for being touched by the guy though. <laughs> Because you know they're going to claim they're the victim. Yeah. Well, then we know who they are. Yeah. So that's, that's I would love to know who th- their identity so that yeah. we can sue them. That's a good point. Uh, so Jimmy Kimmel made his uh, return to the airwaves 
last night, and he finally addressed the Aaron Rodgers thing a week later. Nothing like not wanting to disrupt. I don't know if I look. This is this is just me. This is the programmer in me. But if I am Jimmy Kimmel's producer, and the entire country is talking about me, mm-hmm. I'm I'm calling up the entire staff and be like, "Listen, I know we're on vacation. We're coming back on the air tomorrow. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. We're going to address this, and You're we're going to. You might be one of the three biggest stories in the country right now. Exactly. And the fact that you have to wait a week later to hear from Jimmy Kimmel, just like, don't disrupt me on my vacation. You know what, though? When you have no audience and your ratings suck, do you really want to rush back from vacation? Well, the the programmer in me would say, hey, you you know a way to get a ton of people tuning in to watch me is to hear what I'm going to say. The programmer in me would have replaced Jimmy Kimmel by now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair. That's, yeah. All right, so uh, this this is him. He went on, like... This is like a seven-minute diatribe he okay. went on about it, but I, I only pulled like 90 seconds. Uh, he played the clip that we played of of how this whole thing started when he, last year, um, you know, called out Aaron Rodgers for the Epstein list. Uh, this is cut 15, Phil, go. He saw that, and maybe to retaliate, he decided to insinuate that I am a pedophile. This is how these nuts do it now. You don't like Trump? You're a pedophile. It's their go-to move. And it shows you how much they actually care about pedophilia. But here's the thing. I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him before. Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself. Because he had success on the football field, he believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. We learned during COVID, somehow he knows more about science than scientists. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body, is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet, and he, that G made him a genius. It's, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? Wow. Not a bad part, Not bad. I give him that. That this hamster-brained man thinks he knows what the government is up to because he's a quarterback doing research on YouTube and listening to podcasts. I looked it up. This is actually a thing. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a particular domain overestimate their abilities. In other words... Aaron Rodgers is too arrogant to know how ignorant he is. They let him host Jeopardy for two weeks. Now he knows everything. And by the way, I'm not one of those people who thinks athletes and members of the sports media should stick to talking about sports. I think Aaron Rodgers has the right to express any opinion he wants to. But saying someone is a pedophile is not an opinion, nor is it trash talk. Sorry, Pat McAfee. And as far as the, well, you say things about people all the time argument goes... Yes, I do. It's not the same. It's not even close to the same. We say a lot of things on this show. We don't make up lies. In fact, we have a team of people who work very hard to sift through facts and reputable sources before I make a joke. And that's an important distinction, a joke about someone, even when that someone is Donald Trump, even a person who lies from the minute he wakes up until the minute he's smearing orange makeup on his my pillow at night. Even he deserves that consideration. And we give it to them because the truth still matters. And when I do get something wrong, which happens on rare occasions, you know what I do? I apologize for it, which is what Aaron Rodgers should do, which is what a decent person would do. 
but I bet he won't. If he does, you know what I'll do? I'll accept his apology and move on. But he probably won't do that. My guess is he won't apologize. Wow. So the <laughs> the two A's in Aaron was a pretty good punchline. Uh, but I do think Aaron Rodgers is pretty bright. I mean, you go to Cal Berkeley, yeah. um, you're not stupid. I think he was in uh, community college or junior college football because he didn't have the scholarships that he wanted on the field. I don't know that it was necessarily academics. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, to me, looks pretty bright because he was the guy that said, you know what, I'm not going to get the COVID shot. I am going to go about it differently because I'm young and I'm healthy and I don't need it. And that immediately made him uh, a pariah to the mainstream media. He used to be relatively liked and loved by the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the whole Epstein stuff goes, um, I mean, it's okay when, you know, Aaron Ro- or Jimmy Kimmel makes a tongue in cheek comment and-, and smears somebody. But the second Rogers does it, now I, I do, I don't. I said this last week that you can't just go out there and make the insinuation that somebody is linked to pedophilia with like you know no credible sources. So that's that's part of the reason why Rogers is getting some pushback. But if I've been following this story accurately, Rogers is going to be on the McAfee show today yep. to address the latest. So I'm assuming we'll have some sort of follow up tomorrow. Yeah, I, I look. It's an interesting back and forth, but like. It, it's you can't from from a programming standpoint you can't claim things about people that aren't true now he's a public figure so the whole libel issue and slander issue is a harder barometer to prove because uh, you know he's a public figure mm-hmm. but you still can't you still can't associate somebody's name with the uh, with the Epstein stuff because of the baggage that comes with it now. Yeah. Because everybody just assumes you're a pedophile mm-hmm. with that. And so I, you know, look, it made for interesting TV. I'm sure the bosses at ESPN were not happy. No, but no. it made it made for interesting TV. And mm-hmm. do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come on the the Pat McAfee show today and apologize? I do. I think he's going to come on and say that you know it was a joke. Mm-hmm. I was just I wasn't insinuating he was on it. I just said he was going to be right. you know upset when it came out or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they took what I said out of context and move on. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's going to offer some sort of an apology. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So speaking of the late night shows, you know I, I think Colbert is the least funny of the group. But man, the most unlikable's got to be Kimmel. I, when I when I, and I've got a story that we'll get into with these late night shows yeah. and the conservative jokes and the ratio, but if you look at Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel, yeah. and whoever, am I missing another one? There's got to be others out there. Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel, that's it. I mean, I don't think Fallon's likable. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I don't think Fallon is funny, but I can see why people like him. He comes off innocent enough. The the snide remark, like just the there's an arrogance to Kimmel that I just can't stand. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I mean, look. The problem with Kimmel is is that he's like Howard Stern. He wants to pretend that the stuff that he did in his past mm-hmm. never happened. Right. Whereas, you know, look, you what you should just say is like, hey, I was an edgy comedian. I did edgy things back then. I, you know, because of the time, he did I, blackface, right? Yes. Yeah. Because of the time, it was you know it was more appropriate then than it is now, and I probably shouldn't. I wouldn't do it in a twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four lens. Like that's except, but he pretends like the stuff that he did, like Howard Stern. Yeah, he he never actually did. Yeah, which he, is just very you know, above everything. 
yes, and when you have this, this is a like, well, well, now I can make jokes, and now I am a, now I am a cool comedian at the cool kids table, and everything like that. It's just not the same. Yeah, you're right. All right, that'll do it for what's on the cut sheet, part one, part two coming up an hour from now. We'll come back at dawn's big three at eight, and then watchdog poll finds eighty one percent of all political late night show jokes are targeted at conservatives. We'll give you the details on each show as we wrap up the 8 o'clock hour after the Big Three, which is next on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale & Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Hey, you can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or your shoulder. Just call QC Kinetics. Call them now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. And your body has everything it needs to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue. QC Kinetics makes it happen. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. The future of pain treatments has arrived. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetics providers treating tens of thousands of satisfied patients all across America and across our region. So many of you telling me that you used to suffer with that horrible back pain, hip pain, any pain associated with arthritis or a past injury. And this is not some kind of a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that gets you moving again. Get your life back. Listen, it is non-surgical. So if this is the year that you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Just call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation and get it on the calendar today. Make the appointment. Call 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, as we continue, it is a Tuesday morning on the verge of bad weather, on the verge of the 9 o'clock hour. 855-839-1210 to jump in the conversation. Get us on the free Odyssey app. You can watch us live on YouTube, as many of you like to do. Uh, a lot to get to, including, I'm also seeing this. I guess uh, they uh, she was on uh, one of the Fox shows. I'm assuming Fox and Friends. Uh, not that this really should matter, but Judge Judy has officially endorsed Nikki Haley to be the president of the United States of America. <laughs> Judge Judy, Judge kind of random. Yes. So we've got Judge Janine, who probably is going to endorse Trump, and we've got Judge Judy, who is endorsing Nikki Haley. Um, I don't, is, what other judge shows are on TV? Is Judge Mathis still on? Who's who's he going to endorse later today? <laughs> so a uh, big big tweet coming out from Fox News. The verdict dun, dun, dun. is in. Why Judge Judy says Nikki Haley, the right person for the job. All right. Uh, let's get to some of the news. It's 840. It's time for a Dawn Stenzel and Big 3 at 8. It's the Big 3 at 8 on Kale & Company. Sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union. State of emergency declared ahead of this huge storm headed our way. National Weather Service has just issued now a high wind warning. So this is for Pennsylvania, across uh, Berks, Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Lancaster, Lehigh, Montgomery, Northampton, and Philadelphia counties as well. Delaware, Kent, Newcastle, and across South Jersey coastal areas. So these high winds expected, wind advisories just warning everybody um, about this. And so they expire tomorrow, the high wind advisory, 
That expires tomorrow morning early, 2 a.m. As far as the coastal flood warning, that is in effect from um, this from right about now through tomorrow, as well as these flood watches. So many alerts being put out here. And I want to just point out for the coastal flood warning that's that went into an effect already this morning, Delaware, Lower Bucks, and Philadelphia in particular. So this reminds me of, remember the images when we had the, the, the floods here and there were people doing back dives off of the uh, Vine Street Expressway overpasses? <laughs> It'll be a little chilly for that, but I think that the, the concern here is the Schuylkill, um, the, the river, and obviously they've, they've specifically put in lower bucks mm-hmm. for, the, for this. So I just wanted to point that out to you. A lot of warnings. Yeah. And the rain continues through tomorrow morning. So high winds, um, a nasty storm moving through. Just want to give you the heads up. You said the advisory ends at 2 a.m., so that's just in time for our uh, 4 a.m. wake-up call. Yeah, right? So by the time we drive in, it might might be drizzling Mm -hmm. when we drive in tomorrow early, but the, the bulk of this happens pretty quickly. The heaviest stuff is is late is tonight. Oh, it's good to see the sales reps are coming in, so they're not scared about it. They're showing up for their Tuesday meeting. <laughs> By the way, breaking news: Tim Kruger on YouTube chat says uh, Paul Rubens has just endorsed Biden. Okay, well there Woo-hoo! we go. Pee Wee Herman's officially in on dun, Joe. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the joke is obviously that Pee Wee Herman's yeah. dead <laughs> and a pervert, allegedly. Yes, right. Uh, the Pope calls. Uh, he kind of got a real deal, to be honest with okay. you. Free Pee Wee. What was he doing? What, you think Ruben's got a raw deal for rubbing one off in the theater? Yeah, he was just, uh, he was expressing himself uh, in the theater. You want to pound it? Yeah, yeah exactly. And then he just let I rub. I'll never live down that audio. No? Talking about a cooking Sorry. Show. Sorry, Don. Everything is free game for my board. <laughs> so the Pope calls surrogate mothers deplorable. Pope Francis calling for a universal ban on surrogacy during a big speech in Vatican City, and he says that I quote, I deem deplorable the practice of so-called surrogate motherhood, which represents a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's material needs. A child is always a gift, the Pope went on to say, and never the basis of a commercial contract. A child is also an expense. Mm. I'm just going to say that. In, 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 spits up his call. in what world is a child a gift? Yeah, yeah. Well, gifts do come with a price tag. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, I love my son. And by the way, Hillary Clinton in related news will be suing the Pope for using the word deplorable. Mm. That's right. She yeah. has a copyright on that. She does. Well, the Catholic Church has long opposed surrogacy as well as in vitro fertilization because the church says it depersonalizes conception and disposes of some embryos, which it argues is the equivalent to abortion. Advocates for surrogacy, and this this has gone viral, a lot of people debating this one, but advocates point out that it provides a path to parenthood for those who've struggled uh, to conceive for couples you know, struggling with infertility, but as well for same-sex couples. Mm, yeah. So the, cup, the Pope diving right into this one saying, surrogate mothers, deplorable. All right. Now, I know that in, in America, in different states, for example, California has been criticized. I did a big interview on this where people from other countries will come here, pay American women to be a surrogate mother, and that way the baby is born American. 
and so this wealthy countries do this and and it's uh, a contract and they make a lot of money mm-hmm. so i know that there's an issue of maybe some kind of exploitation and money being made i don't know that that's what the pope is including in this but there there are some states in america that actually monitor this very carefully okay because of what's happening in california sure. so i thought i'd put that out to you number three hmm I'm going to go through a billion dollars for the headline, Yellow School Buses Go Green. So this is the Biden administration announcing that, in fact, we have um, the good old yellow school bus. And we I know- went to school on a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> a billion dollars for these school buses to become more energy efficient, the yeah. electric school buses officially got a billion bucks yesterday. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I love the fumes that come out of a nice school bus Ugh. when you're sitting there in traffic. I, I got to say this, too. Like, we, we go through this, you know, all of these uh, hoops. We jump through all these hoops that now kids, you know, basically have to be in car seats until they're 10 years old. I know. But yet, we we throw out a yellow school bus. There's no there's no seatbelts. It is pretty remarkable. It is it? the most dangerous vehicle on the road. I know. And we're I like, love electric school buses. And we're like, go to school, kids. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> this this you know might be drug addict that might be driving you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with no seatbelts, right. it's fine. It's it's all good. I'm trying to think about. So we we had what? There's probably what 15 seats on a bus. You can fit two. You got a minimum of probably 30 to 40 kids on a school bus. A minimum, yeah. Fully packed. Yeah. No seatbelts, standing around, throwing soda cans, spitballs, the whole bit. Bobby goes from row three back to the back. Johnny comes from the back seat up to the front to punch somebody for being bullied. I mean, like, why do we not have, like, legitimized... Forget this actual seat belts. Yeah. What about like actual bucket seats where like, no, you sit in that seat, not just like a bench type row. Yeah, if they're gonna do something, let's not let's not worry about making the school buses green. Yeah. Let's make them safe. Right. You know, that's that's all I'm saying is right. that, you know, we go through all these lanes for you know, every car now has like dual airbags, side mm-hmm. airbags, back airbags. Right. There's ninety seven uh, buckles you can use, the anti lock brakes, all of this stuff that yep. stops. And you know, there's stuff in your rearview mirror that you can uh, that notifies you if a car's next to you. Yeah, we have these yellow school buses with God knows who driving them. Right. Well, we know who's driving them. I'm gonna start kicking serious <laughs> and, and and they're like death traps. Yeah. And and they argue yeah. they argue that seatbelts. I'm sorry. Don't. This is, this is a very touchy no, subject. No, this for me. is great. This is. They argue that seatbelts. If you if you buckle kids in, it's a fire hazard mm-hmm. because that that nineteen sixty seven year old bus <laughs> that you're driving around in might catch fire. Hey, true story. Did you know? Um, in some uh, school districts da- down in Tennessee, the bus drivers are responsible for the bus. They take it home with them. Like oh, in, great. in in Pennsylvania, you have like the big parking lot mm-hmm. where the bus drivers yeah. park all the buses. They get back in their car and they go home. In Tennessee, you take your bus home with you. you imagine? <laughs> ah, here comes Joe. with <laughs> the school bus again. Yeah, here comes Janine. I can't know I can smell it. <laughs> I mean, where, where do you like? Where do you park a school bus if you live in a normal residential neighborhood? Yeah, like on the street in your driveway. <laughs> yeah, that's can you imagine? Pretty. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? I mean, I've seen a few cops that get to take their police cruiser home. Yeah, but the school bus thing is really staggering to me. <laughs> the uh, who knew that my school? I love that the school district of Philadelphia gets eight million dollars in the federal grant to double the size of its fleet 
of electric school buses. And this after the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency under the Biden administration announced a round of these competitive grants and where they're going to green up our vehicles. But remember, EPA's Clean School Bus Program, which Kamala had uh, touted, has awarded nearly $2 billion for 5,000 electric and low-emission buses. $2 billion for 5,000 buses. That's the uh, that's oh the word. God. Oh my wow. God, we're so worried about the, you know these dumb school buses being green. This administration's yeah. initiatives oh, are man. so butt backwards. It's it makes your head spin. We are sponsored by we are sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union. Increase your spending power in 2024 with an American Heritage Credit Union Cash Rewards Mastercard. Right now through January 31st, you earn 3% cash back on everything you buy. Just visit AmericanHeritageCU.org slash credit cards today. Insured by NCUA, equal opportunity lender. Thank you, American Heritage Credit Union, for sponsoring our big three. All right, Don, thank you very much. 855-839-1210, the number if you want to jump in. Social media at 1210WPHT. And, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. So we have a lot of good things coming up for the duration of the show. A couple of things that we got to get to. Uh, we've got this one study that talks about life outside of the city being better for both your physical and mental health. Surprise, surprise. We'll delve into that. And then two unbelievable headlines, uh, one from California and also one of the most um, shocking stories I've ever seen written from an op-ed perspective in the New York Times when it comes to uh, a celebrity darling that the media can't get enough of. Oh, I'm glad you're getting to this. This is wild. Yeah. Um, But we did hear from Jimmy Kimmel during uh, the cut sheet with the Aaron Rodgers saga. So this is a good segue to wrap up the hour for a couple of minutes here. So the latest uh, Media Research Center watchdog poll comes has come out where they took a look at all of the late-night shows that throw out political humor, um, and I'll use that in quotes, because 99 out of 100 times, they never really seem to be funny. Uh, but 81% of late-night TV talk show jokes that were political in nature targeted conservatives in 2023. The media watchdog analyzed, and this is pretty remarkable, all of the 9,518 political jokes that were told between the six major daily late-night shows, I didn't even realize there were six. I mean, I named three for you about 15 minutes ago, and I couldn't even think of the other three. And this ranges from January 3rd through December 22nd of 2023, and they found of the 9,500-plus political jokes, over 7,700 of them uh, took aim at someone or something on the right side of the political spectrum. The shows that were analyzed were ABC News, uh, ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, Comedy Central's The Daily Show, NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers, which i got to believe is the lowest rated of all of them. I'm surprised that show's still around, to be honest. NBC's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, CBS's The Late Show with Colbert, and The Late Late Show with James Corden until its cancellation in April. And breaking down the data... Here are some of the takeaways. Of the 2,215 political jokes made on Jimmy Kimmel, 1,960, or 88%, were directed at conservatives. He was by far the most um, 
offensive and going on the attack against Republicans. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel roasted President Trump 762 times, whereas Joe Biden was on the receiving end of dingers 164 times. And how about this? He only made fun of Kamala Harris one single time. Well, I guess you really can't make jokes at Kamala Harris, who's really a walking punchline when you had blackface years ago, because then you would be labeled racist because then Jimmy Fallon and then people would be able to say, well, see, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel has a history of this. Uh, coming in in second place was Colbert of the uh, 1,918 conservative jokes. 1,655 were in uh, the direction of conservatives, which was 86 uh, percent. And then Colbert uh, of the 1,918 political jokes that he threw out, 1,655 were anti-conservative. Seth Meyers with 84 percent. The Daily Show with 78%. So on and on down the list. That This brings me to this conclusion. Do we really need six late-night TV talk shows, all of which are left, and they'll, they'll always be that way? But is there really a market for six of them? We've talked about the declining ratings. I mean, Greg, you've given us numerous stories and emails in the past with show content where we talk about the death of late-night. I mean... Is it me or is it way oversaturated for a market that's really, it's become... Yeah, it 100% is, but obviously it makes money for the networks. Or so they do they not they even care about the ratings then? Is it just about, well, if it's profitable, we'll, we'll keep it around? They, It's a new barometer that they, they don't care about the ratings. They care more about the uh, social clicks yeah. because nobody, you know, very few people are up watching it. You right. know what I mean? So they they look more at, you know, trying to make stuff go viral. Like YouTube clips and TikTok all, and Twitter. All of that stuff. That's that's really where the majority of what they do, you know, what they care about. Plus, I've got to imagine, and maybe this is a little in the weeds, but if it is, I apologize. I've noticed whether it's NBC, they want you to stream it on Peacock. Mm. If it's CBS, stream it on Paramount. Like us. I mean, 1210WPHP, stream us on the Odyssey app. Yep. It's always about driving to the app, which I'm wondering if they realize that they don't even care about the actual broadcast rating. They don't. All they, to your point, it's digital plus their streaming. And it's and it's enough of a name like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Colbert are enough of a name that an advertiser would be like, well, yeah, I mean that's their late night show. So yes, I would want. So so yeah, like there's enough cachet still around it that people advertisers still look at it and be like, yeah, that's a demo I might want to mm-hmm. reach. So. Speaking of streaming services, by the way, a lot of people are outraged about the NFL playoffs this that, weekend. Yeah. Saturday night, the 8 o'clock game is the Chiefs and Dolphins, only on Peacock. Yep. Yeah. It, I mean, if you don't have the streaming service, you will not be able to watch an NFL playoff game. Yeah. That I, is, is it on the red zone? Nope. Oh. Red zone's done after the regular season. Do you have Peacock? We do. I, I do. Okay. We have I all do. that. Yeah. Good. I'm going to have to reevaluate all these streaming services, by the way. Time to cut those cords too, I think. But the uh, red I zone, I don't use it. The red zone's worth it. Oh, the red zone's absolutely. That, that worth guy, it. that guy's amazing. Oh, he's flips, Scott Hansen. Yes, yeah, he's great. It's unbelievable. But you how talk he flips about back and forth. You talk about corporate greed. Like you're going to charge Americans to sign up to watch an NFL it's, playoff game. It's coming. I'm telling you, we are we, in our lifetime. We will see the Super Bowl as like a pay per view, pay per view yep. type event. I agree. Wow. <laughs> 
It's amazing. I'm, I'm telling you. It, it's just, I mean, look, the NFL's a... Uh, I, I mean, I they want to make money. Yeah, capital. But the NFL just prints money between the TV contracts and everything. Else. Now they're going to charge you to watch a playoff game on a Saturday night in January when there's nothing to do? Well, I mean, think about, like, you used to have to get direct TV now to get the NFL um, Sunday ticket. Now you go to a bar. Now the bars can, are going to have it. Now you can go to YouTube. Well, like, that's if the bar is paying for Peacock. They are going to. Now it's YouTube TV, which means you you need the streaming service in order to get it. Yeah. So like they're they're already in it for, you know, they don't care about the consumer. No. They just want to make money. You know Amazing. what I mean? All right. Final hour is coming up next. 855-839-1210. Two amazing headlines. One in California, one in op-ed from the New York Times. Where do you hear these mind-numbing stories? Kale and Company, 9 o'clock hour, next. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, this segment brought to you by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center. Renovating a kitchen or building one from the ground up? Well, if so, Tommy D's Home Improvement Centers is your go-to quality kitchen for cabinets, flooring, and molding at affordable rates. Visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website at TommyD's.com. 855-839-1210 is how you jump in on the show, which is exactly what Joe is doing as he joins us this morning from uh, Central Pennsylvania. He's got some thoughts on what Greg had to say about school buses. Joe, good morning. Yeah, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm on a driving snowstorm on Interstate 80 in Center County, Pennsylvania right now. So Whoa. it's not raining, it's snowing. Oh. Anyway, the, road, the roads are covered and it's pretty ugly. Anyway, I got to jump on Stalker because he got everything wrong. Uh-oh. For 16 years, I've been a motor coach driver and a bus driver. He knows nothing about the school buses and about the safety of them. They're not drug addicts. They're tested more than any other uh, uh, people in in in, uh, in the driving industry. You need to go through two physicals in the state of Pennsylvania. The state police inspect the school buses every year. Um, they can't be more than a certain uh, date old, so they're not sixty-seven rat traps. And the biggest thing is about the seatbelts is they they're they're the biggest thing about the seatbelts is, is how would you like to unbuckle thirty three-year-old, five-year-old kids when the bus gets in an accident. What are you going to do? Yeah. How well, are you going to get them out in time? Well, That's why they put a cutting device. Well, Joe, what, do you, what do you do? Device. Joe, but what do you do when you get into an accident and they're not seatbelt to begin with? Well, most of the driving for school buses are less than 10 miles. They don't go 60 miles an hour. So the accidents are not... That you got to look at the statistics of it. Trying to get a student out of a student out of a school bus when they're screaming and carrying on with seatbelts on, and you're trying to keep everybody on calm, is way more dangerous than them trying to be in a seatbelt in a minor accident. Let me just say this. kicking some serious ass. Let me, let me just say this, Joe, that I, I appreciate your call. I, I, my uncle, Driving through a snowstorm my, to call you. My uncle was a school bus driver, so like I understand what you're saying. I was kind of making a joke about that. All, all I'm saying is, is that, you know, the people that drove... Me when I was in school had a flask. Where you know, like the one guy, God love him, but like I don't. He he had to be eighty years old. Yeah. Like I I just don't know. I don't know what kind of screening is happening. That's all I'm saying. That's the see. That's the remarkable thing for me with school bus drivers. It's one thing to me if you decide to do it because that's like a full time job for you, or that's the job that you can get in your, I don't know, 30, 40, 50. I've always been amazed by those that are in the retirement community that have retired from their full-time profession that have decided to just pick up some side work 
I mean, it, I'm te- I, and I'm just telling you the way I would be. The last thing I would want to do at 72 years old in f- year six of my retirement or something is, so, you know, I got to fill up a couple hours of the day. I'm going to drive a bus. The last thing I would want to do is be around young punks yeah. at 72 years old in my retirement. No, I get it. I just, right? I, I understand that the, obviously he was a bus driver or knows a bus driver or something, maybe fixed school buses or something. Yeah. So he was not happy with what I had to say. But all, all I'm saying is, is that in the grand scheme of, 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 of motor vehicle safety, mm-hmm. I'm sure the statistics, yes, because they don't oh, yeah. go that fast and they don't go that far. Right. But in the grand scheme of motor vehicle safety, where we, where we literally make our cars as safe as we possibly can with every l- living thing, <laughs> uh, or, or electronic thing, school buses have not, um, you know, stepped up. Yeah. But this whole idea to spend, if you do the math, $2 billion for 5,000 buses across the country with the Biden administration, four hundred grand a bus. So now Philadelphia is going to get all this money for buses when, in fact, they don't provide any transportation for high school kids who have to take SEPTA. We know how safe that is. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about safety? Right. So it's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. They should actually farm it out. Quite frankly, I mean, you could you could hire you could hire basically personal Uber service for every school kid for less money than they're yeah. paying on these ridiculous buses. And by the way, you have to maintain them, charge mm-hmm. them. It's yeah. crazy. We should do a poll question. What would you rather your child take to school, SEPTA or a school bus without <laughs> seatbelts? I'd be I'd be willing to bet ninety percent would say uh, the school bus. Without seatbelts yeah. over SEPTA. Absolutely. Yeah. They could pick them up. But seriously, why not farm this out? Why do we have to have these big inefficient buses? Yeah. If you hired like an Uber, like obviously Uber drivers would have to be the same type of people as the school bus that, you know, they'd have to go through their clearances and whatever. Mm-hmm. That might actually be an innovative idea that would keep kids safer, especially in neighborhoods where even walking and standing on the school bus with the gunfire issue, hey, might yeah. be safer. Yeah. My daughters have gotten have gotten uh, obsessed with being dropped off at school by Kristen now because our school is like seven blocks away, so they no longer take the bus and they want her to drop them oh, off. Yeah. And then the parent and I I had to do that for a little bit uh, towards the end of um, uh, August 2022 before I moved up here. I'm telling you that that is something that I think, and maybe I'm just on edge, but that's the type of stuff that drives me nuts. The parent pickup line. It is a nightmare getting in and out yes. of some of these schools. You got the crossing guard out in the street. He's got traffic blocked three different ways. He's blowing his whistle the whole bit. He's got the stop sign up. And then you go in and you wait to drop your kid off. And they, like, signal, okay, everybody open up your vehicle doors. And out goes little Johnny and little Betsy. And they run off to school. And then it takes, like, and like I said, we live seven blocks from the school. It would take me 45 minutes round trip to oh, get yeah. in and out of there. Two things I'll say. Number one, it's great for talk radio because <laughs> yeah, you know, there yeah. are people who've been sitting in line all morning, and yeah. then this afternoon during the Zio, I'm often I'm often in car line for the Zioli show yeah. for the afternoon. <laughs> but this, so it's so it's good. Why for are us. you still picking your kids up? Are they like thirty? No, my baby David is <laughs> just, a, just he's a teenager in I'm school. Spit my coffee out. High school. <laughs> and the second, <laughs> my baby. But, you know, the second thing... By the way, a 16-year-old must love having his mom come to get him. (laughs) They all have their parents come get them. And by the way, at that school, (laughs) the kids who have their own car, it's like better than any of our cars. They're going to, you know, 
Yeah, back, back in my day, if I would have asked my mom or dad to drop me off each day from school, I would have gotten five across the eyes. Yeah. yeah. As well, you should have. Yeah. So you walked? Walk. Did you walk? No, there was times where we took the bus. There was times um, my middle school was within walking. So to your point, like in Philadelphia, um, I went to Eastern Area Middle School, and I, I lived about eight or nine blocks it was about a 20-minute walk, but we had to walk. There was no bus service if you lived geographically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I had buses, and then by the time I was 16, I, I drove to school until I crashed my car. My brother John was a school bus driver, and because you could be at that, at that district when you were 18. He was very responsible, got up at 3 in the morning. He, he captured a jar, like a mason jar, full of spiders, all kinds of spiders. Put them in this huge jar. Put it at the front of the bus. ACs. He said, see this jar? Any of you kids act up? Uh-huh. These are super spiders. I'm yeah. going to just open the jar. Scared straight. That was my brother, John. That's mm-hmm. how he thinks. That's how he rolled. He's the same guy if he had to babysit kids in the neighborhood. He gave them all spray cans yeah. with a cap on and said, hey, see this $50 bill? First one who can make that stop going, mm-hmm. you get this 50 bucks. Wow. You get all these little kids. with Okay. When you shake the spray can, yeah, that's yeah. my that's John. By the way, uh, up on the YouTube, <laughs> up on the YouTube chat. Good job, Phil. Septa or school bus? What are you taking right now? The school bus is winning at seventy eight percent. It's a little low. I thought it would be ninety. So uh, yeah. So okay. if you want to go there, youtube.com slash at twelve ten wpht. Where Tony writes that I have too much to say on too many topics. Yeah, you should do a show then. <laughs> Tony, how, how do you think I feel when I get through only two thirds of the show sheet each day? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If, if I've been teasing a, stuff since Tuesday of last week. This is a radio show. I know. It's a radio show. I know. I know. My lord, Tony. Too many buddy. topics, and then and then Tony, I'm telling my brother's spider in the jar story. Sorry. Oh, oh wait a minute. So so Tony says we've talked about too much. Today. No 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 no. He he says He's, I have. Oh, oh, I, I thought have. it was me because I was so oh, my No, 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 no. I, I have too much to say on too many topics. Yeah. Oh. Well, put them on overnight, Stocker. <laughs> Tell them it's pro bono. Topic quota. See, this is the, the YouTube chat is good in a way because, you know, it lets us interact with, with an audience because God knows we don't take the call, calls here. Uh, but, but it's also bad because everybody then is a critic and everybody has a has a right. Has well, everybody wants company. to have everybody has a podcast. Everybody writes a book, and everybody thinks they're a brand manager. And they also they also know that if it's a if it's a criticism, especially if it's about me, it's going to get right on air. <laughs> Holy crap! He's the boss. He's the boss. All right. Um, let me get to at least one of these two. Maybe we'll get to the other one by the time we get to uh, part two of the cut sheet, <laughs> which is fine. We'll get both what? of these in. Um, wait, what, more comments? No, no. Oh, okay. I thought maybe some more jokes were coming in. This, uh, this first headline, this is not written by the Onion or the Babylon Bee. California state health insurance to cover sex changes for, e- for illegal immigrants. I want you to think about this. For anybody out there that's ever wanted to have an elective surgery, or maybe anybody that's actually had real medical issues that your insurance company has fought you tooth and nail over, maybe it's, well, they don't need this type of imaging, or we don't think an MRI is necessary, or blah, 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 blah. So the Golden State is expanding its massive health care system this year, which means more taxpayer dollars will go to funding sex change surgeries for state residents regardless of their citizenship status. 
According to a memo and reported uh, by the Daily Caller Foundation, California's Medi-Cal covers costs for hormone therapy and procedures, quote, that bring primary and secondary gender characteristics into conformity with the individual's identified gender, including ancillary services such as hair removal, incident to those services. Nearly 700,000 illegal immigrants between the ages of 26 and 49 will qualify as of January 1st, which is already in effect eight days in, for these federal health care services, which will cost California taxpayer dollars an estimated $3.1 billion. They go on to say gender-affirming care is a covered Medi-Cal benefit when medically necessary. Requests for gender-affirming care should be from specialists experienced in providing culturally competent care to transgender and gender-diverse individuals and should use nationally recognized guidelines. I want to point out one more quote here because this confirms what I have claimed many times, sometimes tongue-in-cheek, sometimes serious, when we talk about cut-sheet segments with TikTok and mental health breakdowns. They say the memo adds that, quote, medically, medical necessity is determined and services shall be recommended by treating licensed mental health professionals. So if somebody in the mental health field deems this to be a medical necessity, you will be covered under insurance to chop off a body part and go from one gender to the other, which my first reaction is, okay, then I am absolutely affirmed in my belief that any guy walking around that wants to become a girl is having a mental health breakdown or maybe a mental health breakdown if you think you can actually truly become a female. But could you imagine living, imagine if this went into play in Pennsylvania? I mean, I you know, I know we all have our gripes about certain things with healthcare and the medical system, rightfully so, um, but I, I've gone through a couple of different things where I, I was having some TMJ issues with my jaw. They were telling my, my insurance company was like, this was in years past. Um, that's not medically necessary for an MRI. We don't need to do blah, 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 blah. And I, one time I had a little, um, a little cyst on the back of my head. And it, it wasn't bothering me, but they, were, they told me that it would be elective. Well, we're not going to cover it, even though you have like a little, uh, looks like a big blueberry on the back of your head in the, size, in the shape of a cyst. You know, that's not covered under insurance. So if you get it removed, that's, that's on you out of pocket. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away that they, we could have a story like this. And I guess maybe I shouldn't be because it's California and that's where these weird things happen. California state health insurance to cover sex changes for illegal immigrants. Think about that, Don Stenzel and Greg Stocker. We are going to have taxpayer funded dollars going to what even they are admitting has to be deemed a mental health, you know, procedure, so to speak, even though physically you're having some surgery done. And this, I would think this is probably elective, right? Like nobody ever just forces you to have a sex change. It's, it's got to be something that you sit there and you say, you know what? I want to go through hormone therapy replacement and, um, have my genitalia ripped off and try to become a female. Like that's an elective thing, right? And we are going to fund that with taxpayer dollars. If you're a, if you're a, just a common sense person in California, you got to be reading that story and thinking, what the hell is going on in my state? I would be outraged about that. I'm all for this. You, you know, know why? Are you serious? Because, well, well tro- think about it. You're trolling me, right? No, here. if, if, if somebody says that to feel like a woman, 
that they want to get all this stuff. <clears throat> what about if you are a woman? But let's say you want the, the mommy makeover, so-called. You know, a little breast lift, little tummy tuck, you know, all that kind of stuff. I could go for a tummy tuck right now myself. Vagina rejuvenation. Oh. Surgery. It's a thing. Is it, that's a thing? It's a thing. Vagina rejuvenation. rejuvenation. So I'm thinking, hey, for all of us mommies, we had babies. We could just, you know, feel like your 25-year-old bodily self. Vagina rejuvenation. Vagina rejuvenation. One day when I run for office, I'm going to run on that. See? Yeah. I think that's that's the ticket. We got to make vaginas great again. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be my campaign slogan. I'll I'll win in a landslide. I'll blow everybody out. Every dude in America would vote for me. Regardless of, I will unite America. (laughs) See? So I'm just thinking if they, and that's that's how you put it to the test. You say, okay, California. So this is a female test to the men that try to be females. This is the angle you're coming at it to from. To say, hey, if you're okay. going to do that for folks who want to feel like a woman, yeah. then what about the women who want to feel better about being a woman? And maybe their body is gone through, you know, taking a beating. This is just, I mean, remarkable. This equates to $4,058 per year in medical coverage subsidies funded by the state's general fund (laughs) god california what a state all right uh that's the one headline we will get to an op-ed from the new york times coming up uh right before dawn's big three or after before we get to part due of the cut sheet and it happens to include taylor swift Uh Uh uh-oh oh no i I swear to god i can't believe this is from the new york times This this is not what you're expecting folks i'm telling you yeah, this is this is unbelievable that this, this made the New York Times, this honestly. Is, uh, yeah, I really thought this was a, a spoof headline, but yeah, it's not. No. Uh, we'll get to that coming up in a little bit, but 9.20 right on the dot. Let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, hello? Hey, Schnitzel. I'm in Spain. I wanted you to meet somebody. Dirk Nowitzki. See? How's it going? How's the uh, retirement home? Are they still feeding you pudding? Who's this? And how'd you get this number? <laughs> yes, all right, I deserve that. Okay, all right, you're starting to believe you, Dirk. Come on. Ah, uh, I'm just kidding. That's Stan the man right there. He's a legend. What's your name, kid? Bo. Bo Cruz. Where you play at, Bo Cruz? Nowhere. I just work construction. Well, not for long as Stan is calling me about you. Did you see? This is me, amigo. Amigo. Think you know what it is? Be called 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Hey, today's great prize, another pair of tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. It's coming up January 13th through the 21st. For tickets and more information, visit phillyautoshow.com. Caller 12-855-839-1210. Pair of tickets, Philadelphia Auto Show that you can use between January 13th through the 21st. See if we get our winner when we come back. And one of the most shocking op-eds, I think, in New York Times history. That's next. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Be safe out there as the weather starts to pick up, I would imagine, here in a matter of minutes. Dawn's Big Three coming up in a couple of minutes. Also, what's on the cut sheet part two. 
and the New York Times op-ed on Taylor Swift. By the way, real fast, uh, I'm getting comments about people saying that I'm playing a lot of Van Halen today, this yeah. morning. Uh, it's because the uh, Van Halen album, 1984, turns 40 years old today. Okay. So it Came was released six on days after I was born, January 9th, nineteen eighty four. This day. album was released. I was embarking on year uh, week two of my existence on this earth. Fascinating, yeah. Because as you know, last Tuesday, January or last Wednesday, January third, I turned forty. I heard. Yeah, it was my birthday. I heard. Big day. I heard. All right. Uh, Martha <laughs> is in Gibbsboro, New Jersey, and she's our winner this morning. Martha, good morning. How are you? And what movie clip did we just play for you? You played Hustle. Yeah. That is correct. Now, was that, a little, was that a little challenging? Because I thought that was a little bit on the difficult side. I'm sorry. I knew it right off. I love that movie. Okay, yeah, so you're Martha. an Adam Sandler fan. Nice work out of you, Martha. You're obviously a fan of the auto show because you got yourself a pair of Woo-hoo! tickets coming up January 13th yeah. through the 21st. So thank you very much, Martha. Thank you. There Appreciate she it. Is. Nice of Martha to take yeah. a break from working with Brett Bear and chime in this morning. And uh, Oh, that's not Martha <laughs> McCollum. It's a different Martha. It's Martha in Gibbstown. All right. Uh, so let's get to this NY Times op-ed. I, I swear I'm still still trying to figure out how this um, was released. But I guess, you know, the New York Times is like, you know, it's the opinion of this writer. And this writer, I believe her name is Ann Davis. Let me just make sure I got that correct. Uh, Anna Marks, actually wrote this article where she is questioning the sexuality of Taylor Swift. And oh, by the way, the Swifties had a field day with this one. As the Swifties go scorched earth on the New York Times after the op-ed questions her sexuality, saying that the New York Times, I guess they're late to the party with some of these Swifties, have thrown ethics out the window. Uh, After running an opinion piece questioning Taylor Swift's sexuality, the New York Times has quickly learned what it means to have bad blood with a devoted fan base. Swifties going scorched earth on the publication, irate that they would publish an article suggesting that Taylor Swift might be gay. A representative for Swift did not immediately respond to Fox's request for comment. The article has generated massive backlash on social media. Uh, one user saying, I just canceled my subscription. This article is sexist and grossly inappropriate uh wow throwing ethics out the window early this year another (laughs) user commented uh and one last one because there's plenty of comments Mm. this essay is a fireable offense poorly written horribly invasive and objectionable in a myriad of ways it is both galling and weird that the new york times would publish a speculative piece on someone's gender identity this is beneath the editorial standards of the I, Times. I gotta say this too, and you know, I don't really think that highly of the New York Times anyway. But the fact that this—I mean—they're basically saying that she's a lesbian and she's giving signals, right? They call her what, like a gay lord or something in this, where she's actually a gay person, but she's sending out signals to other gay people that she's one of them. So and there's all of these little Easter eggs in these things that yeah, shows this, yeah. which is the this, the the theory behind this is 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 that blank crazy. I agree, and I have never and I couldn't really care less one way or the other. But I've never had any thought that Taylor Swift was not into men. All we've ever heard about Taylor Swift 
is albums and songs written about past romances, mm-hmm. boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend. She's been, you know, dating the other lesser Kelsey um, for what four months now. She ruined our NFL season by being <laughs> in press not. box after press box. <laughs> I'm so I'm legitimately surprised that the Times would actually run with this. I, I this would be something in a you know. And I don't think the New York Times has much of a journalistic integrity or standard anymore. Um, you know, the, the, you know them, uh, you know, the Washington Post, uh, they're all garbage nowadays. Um, but I, I'm surprised that this kind of got through. But I also, and I'm not, like, defending uh, Taylor Swift, but and I really couldn't care if she's gay or not. She's apparently been now, the accusation is that she's been spotted with her famous girl squad during the release of the newest album. And she, But where have we seen her constantly? With Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. wife. So, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, at least I don't, I don't arrive at the conclusion that a female could be gay or be a lesbian just because they're running in circles with other females. I mean, I don't know. I hang out with a bunch of my buddies. I don't. Do people insinuate that I'm gay because I hang out with dudes. I I, I don't know. But like, I I just see this and I'm like, I don't know how this. Per- and I'm not a Taylor Swift fan by any stretch, as you can imagine, over the last four months that we've talked about this story. But the the public's fascination with her romantic life is very interesting. Um, and I know Hollywood celebrities always kind of garner this attention. Mm-hmm. Who's dating? Who? Remember, it was Cameron Diaz for a while, who she was dating, Justin Timberlake, this guy, that guy. Um, but this Anna Marks, um, I don't know if she's on social media, but I would not want to check her mentions right now. <laughs> I'm sure she turned them off. I would imagine she did. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, the New York Times. Well, there you go. Coming after uh, bizarre, Swift. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There, well, even the New York Times is stooping for clicks. Yep. Because look at we're talking about them. Of course. So. All right. It's well, crazy. It's 934. Let's get to a Dawn Stens one. Big three at nine. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kale and Company. Big Three at Nine, sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center this morning. So, right now we're at 9.34 a.m., and this is a significant time because oral arguments are set to begin. I'm actually live streaming this. This is the United States Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. And why should we care? Well, because. Attorneys for Donald J. Trump, as well as special counsel Jack Smith, set to face off here, are facing off and arguing over whether or not the former president is immune from Smith's case, charging the former president with illegally, allegedly, attempting to overturn the 2020 election results. So Trump, we're told, is in person in D.C., attending the arguments in person to face Jack Smith in court I mean, that's the, the, the court drama, if you will. The outcome of the arguments obviously have major implications here, not just for Trump's legal battles. If he, if they can say, no, he's the president, he has immunity, and this would impact his ability to campaign because keep in mind, he's less than a week before the Iowa caucus, and here he is in court today. He'll be in court again. Um, fr- he'll be in court Friday for another case, and he'll be next Tuesday for another case, all different cases. Mm-hmm. But in this one, the power of the presidency itself, because would this then have a chilling effect from these kinds of prosecutions or, or persecutions? Do they expect to called? have a, a ruling today on this with the immunity? Well, they're hearing the arguments, okay. and so I don't 
there's no promise of when this would come out. It's a three-judge panel. Okay. And it's the U.S. Court of Appeals. Right. This is, not before, this is not before a jury. This is before three Three. It's a three-federal yep. appellate uh, judge panel right. that will hear these arguments. So it's it, this is big. And if if they rule in the favor of the power of the presidency, which is really what's at stake here, and so they have to look at the power of the presidency and our president's immune from this, because essentially the law says, especially... You know, as far as the power of the presidency, then there's the other issue that's before the Supreme Court that when you're campaigning, you basically can say anything you want. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so those are some of the, the broad issues. Uh, by the way, speaking of the federal government, if you like to get things done early, you can, uh, the IRS has announced they will accept, start accepting and processing 2023 federal income tax returns starting Monday, January 29th, so a little earlier. So if you like that early bird situation, you'd like to get it in, Monday, January 29th is the earliest. They're going to take it and start processing it. Obviously, the usual filing deadline is Monday, April 15th. However, there are many states and conditions because of the t- the day it falls on. Maybe uh, many states and many places may have until April 17th. Or you could just do what a Hunter Biden would do or John Fetterman would do and just not pay him at all. Yeah, exactly. It's your, it's your decision. Exactly. Yeah. Number three, I debated on this one, but I have to go with the storm because they're upping the ante here oh, as boy. they look at the, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful storm that's packing quite a punch. I'm using every news media alliteration that they say, right? But seriously, National Weather Service is issuing multiple alerts, warnings, watches as far as the storm moving in. The skies are darkening right now, but this rain, it gets heavy this afternoon into this evening. At least three inches of rain is what they're calling for. Coastal flooding. They they called out parts of Bucks County as well as Philadelphia County for some of this flooding that we could face driving in tomorrow morning. I'll we, pick you guys. Do don't worry to... about it. I'll pick you guys up tomorrow morning <laughs> in my pontoon. It'll be like McHale's Navy. We'll finally put that to uh, set the sail. We'll go on the pontoon. That's right. So we could do a little water skiing. But seriously, they're saying that this could be serious. And again, don't drive through those closed roads. We saw that last time, but a lot of people like me had flooded basements and all kinds of problems. The difference in this, in this one, three inches plus is high winds. So now I saw Pico is putting out alerts. If you get a text for your power company that they're expecting high winds, they're preparing for power outages. Oh, I'm Totally expecting my internet, TV, yep. power. It's all going to be out today. Because the ground gets so soft with all of this rain we've had. And then psh, there go the trees. Yep. So it's not a picnic. So just want to point that out. Be, watch the timing of the storm and, you know, be safe, baby. Renovating a kitchen or building, one from the ground up. Tommy D's Home Improvement Center is your go-to for quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, molding at affordable rates. Just visit their showroom in Philadelphia, or you can visit their website, TommyDees.com. Thank you, Tommy D's Home Improvement Center, for sponsoring our big three. All right, Don, thank you very much. 939 on this Tuesday morning. It's time for What's on the Cut Sheet, Part Two. What's on the Cut Sheet? Part Two. I got to say, for um, a defense uh, homeland security uh, secretary... Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas 
is is if it's not a crisis, he sure is doing a lot to uh, clean up <laughs> the the mess, uh, the um, you know the mess that is happening there in uh, in Eagle Pass, Texas. So he held a press conference yesterday. I'm sure you guys saw this. Yep. Um, basically saying, look. Look, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, it's like the ba- uh, the, the uh, dog with the eyes that are big mm-hmm. with the fire around him, saying, oh, "Don't yeah. panic, everything's Don't panic. fine." Yep. Um, this guy's in denial. So we have a few cuts from that uh, that happened uh, last night, and he said, "I'm going to start with cut 12 here, Phil." He says, "We are doing everything we can within a broken system." So he admit he admits the system's broken mm. to reduce irregular migration. This is cut 12, Phil, go. In fact, the majority of all migrants encountered at the southwest border throughout this administration have been removed, returned, or expelled, a majority of them. We are doing everything we can within a broken system to incentivize non-citizens to use lawful pathways, to impose consequences, on those who do not, and to reduce irregular migration. We will continue to do everything we can, and we will continue to enforce the law. But we need Congress to make the legislative changes and provide the funding that our frontline officers so desperately need. It's not a matter of funding. It's a matter of enforcing what's in place already. That's number one. Number two, that number that he threw out a few days ago, 70%, was actually 85%. Uh, so that was a lie. Um, but just the way he, he's got such a slow kind of demeaning mm-hmm. delivery. It's like he, of all the people that try to insult your intelligence and speak down to you, he comes off very, very elitist to me. I've I've told I've said this many times on the show. I just I can't stand that guy. He is just so so in over his head and so incompetent. I don't I don't know what they were thinking when they gave this guy that job, but he he clearly and by the way, he was an hour late to deliver that yesterday. <laughs> was he? Yes, oh he was supposed goodness. to do it outside, but there was some like uh, high winds and ah, stuff that were yes. going to make it bad. Mm-hmm. So they had to move inside, and it took like an hour and fifteen minutes for them to get situated. Well, Nick, I know everything that you said is true, but he disagrees with you. Okay, because he says that some have accused DHS of not enforcing our nation's laws. This could not be further from the truth. Cut one, Phil. Go. Some have accused DHS of not enforcing our nation's laws. This could not be further from the truth. Having begun my public service career as a federal prosecutor for 12 years, ultimately serving as the United States Attorney, there is nothing I take more seriously than our responsibility to uphold the law. And the men and women of DHS are working around the clock to do so. So he's a former prosecutor, so he should have a passion for upholding the law. I mean, when you're a prosecutor, your job is to basically enforce the law and lock people up. You believe law and order. But I guess in this day and age, with uh, the lack of law and order, he's the perfect transition, so to speak, transition to send somebody down to the border where we don't enforce any, which actually just goes in stride with everything this administration is not about when it comes to enforcing things. Um, he also said, this is the last one, he says the high number of migrants that they've encountered at the southern border is a challenge 
Not a crisis, a challenge. A challenge. Different C word. That is not, <laughs> that is not unique to the United States. Cut uh, to Phil Go. The high number of migrants we have encountered at our southern border is a challenge that is not unique to the United States. Countries throughout our hemisphere, in fact, throughout the world, are experiencing an unprecedented number of displaced people fleeing poverty, authoritarian regimes, homes destroyed by extreme weather events, corruption, and violence. The regional challenges require regional solutions, and that is why Secretary of State Blinken and I, with the White House Homeland Security Advisor Sherwood Randall, were in Mexico two weeks ago, why I spoke with Panama's Minister of Security last week, and why, among other engagements in the region, I will be traveling to Central America in the coming weeks, as I have throughout the past three years. I, I, wonder love how he's, I love how he's trying to spin this from the standpoint of, this is not just an American problem. This is going on all throughout the globe, as if people in America give two you-know-whats about other broken illegal mm-hmm. immigration systems in other nations. All we care about is our own territorial boundaries that are being overrun. And he said, well, this has been going on, yet not to this level. Yep. Not not three hundred and two thousand in one month, buddy. Joseph on the YouTube chat says it perfectly. It's your job. It's your fault. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't get up in front of you know my bosses here at Odyssey and be like, well, I know re- ratings and revenue are down, but you have to understand that it's not just us. It's, it's the, the broken it, system. It's the broken system of radio, and it's this <laughs> and it's that. They're like, no, we pay you to get results. Get results. That's exactly what we're saying to yeah. uh, their. Mayorkas there. Like, yep. the system is broken. There's a record number of people crossing the border. Do something about it. It's amazing how mainstream this issue has become now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you just saw there, ABC News was carrying that live. Yep. CNN has thrown up on their graphic the word crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it gets to that level, it's undeniable, and there's nowhere to run and hide. Finally, uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre uh, yesterday addressed the fact that um, Secretary uh, Lloyd Austin was in intensive care for days, and this administration had no idea about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and second in command was on vacation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or he was ill or something? Was he ill, too? No, I think one was in Puerto Rico on okay. vacation or okay. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The deputy, though, yeah, was out of the country on VACO. Yeah. So was Biden. Yeah. But, in other words, they did, I guess, they did transfer the power from um, Austin to his deputy. The problem right. was... The deputy was on vacation. Nobody knew any of this. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, the, it's like, who's Lloyd, on first? Yeah, who's exactly, in charge? Exactly. Lloyd Austin is sixth in command in the United States. <laughs> oh my and gosh. nobody knows he's gone. <laughs> Uh, well, don't worry, because the president still has has uh, complete confidence in Secretary Austin, according to Corrine Jean-Pierre. This is what she said yesterday. This is uh, cut seven, Phil Go. Should the American people have confidence in Austin, given his lack of transparency? And then also, do the American people need to be concerned about a lack of transparency for the president, given this lapse? So I want to go back to Austin's statement um, a couple of days ago where he has um, taken responsibility. Uh, And so I think that's important. So I would point you to that. And I will just reiterate that the president 
uh, has complete confidence, continues to have confidence in Secretary, uh, in Secretary Austin. And, and um, as the Admiral just stated, I think the number one thing right now is for him, uh, we want to see him back at the Pentagon, get well and back at the Pentagon. And I'll just add one more thing, is that the President, uh, as we have uh, shared, the President uh, spoke to Austin, uh, Secretary Austin, uh, on Saturday. They had a very good conversation. And, and again, you know, the President appreciate uh, Austin's statement uh, and taking full responsibility here. And I think that's what that's what matters, is him getting back to, to the Pentagon and taking full responsibility. Okay, so Greg, I have to inform you that um, I will not be in for the next couple of days. Um, I'm going to tell you in advance, I'm having LASIK procedure done on my eyes. Uh, and by the way, Opelka is also not available. He's on a golf vacation. Now, we're going to give you the advanced warning just so you know that we are incognito for the next couple of days. I will not leave you hanging like Lloyd Austin. I appreciate But that. the thing is, Lloyd Austin was rushed to the emergency department mm. and was in the intensive care unit who even knows? We don't know his private business or what's going on here. But to blame somebody who had a medical emergency and perhaps is unconscious or on a bunch of IVs or machines hooked up. I mean, obviously, they knew the call was made that he was suffering mm-hmm. with a medical emergency. You don't blame the dude who had a heart attack. But I, I think and if I, you know what I mean? Not, I re- not that he, I know that he had a heart yeah. attack, but you know what I'm saying? I think he had complications which led to the ICU yes. because he had an elective procedure. So yes, something elect- went wrong with the original. Well, but that could be a blood clot, Nick, which sure. can be, you know what I mean? That could be something like a stroke or mm-hmm. a heart attack. So whatever was going on, Yes, the elective thing was December 22nd, but my point is, like, she's saying, well, he apologized. What? From the, and he's got, like, a breathing mask on, and he's hooked <laughs> up to machines, to, and then heart monitors, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Or, what if he's not even conscious? Yeah. Yep. Well. A bunch of malarkey. It's, ter- <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Cuffy oh Part Do What a day. I, yeah, I threw that out there at, at 949. I love that. Just let let you guys stew on that. Yep. All right, coming up next, we'll find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won social media today. It's Kale & Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale & Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The Dawn Show coming up in just about seven minutes, and we find out what she has lined up for the next two hours this morning. Yes, yeah, so we're watching this court proceeding very carefully, and we, if we can, we'll even take some of the, the audio for it as far as this D.C. Circuit Court involving Trump. Huge ramifications here. Again, not just for Trump, his campaign, his possible future presidency, but as well for other presidents. So that's a historic one. We're watching it very carefully. We have coming up at 1130. It'll be Betsy Brantner Smith, National Police Association. Some important news and happenings involving law enforcement locally and nationally that you want to hear from Betsy and that Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith. And she's coming up at 1130. So that one we have. Otherwise, we will update you on everything happening. Pennsylvania. Why is our house in Harrisburg? representatives why are they still not meeting in person we're going to follow up on it's ridiculous we'll follow up on that one it's covid oh my god i know 
What are we doing? <laughs> it's craziness. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Iowa Town Hall tonight for DeSantis. Uh, <laughs> Trump is up tomorrow night. And uh, Greg Stocker, let's wrap it up with who won Twitter today? Who won Twitter? Koss had been sober when Twitter. Uh, he says, uh, where do I go for that vagina re- rejuvenation? My wife's birthday is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's not right. Uh, if you if you're just tuning in at nine fifty five and have no idea what we're talking about, just go back on the rewind. Yeah. Who won YouTube? I'm going to give it to Shelly McDonald. Uh, she says, um, uh, "Where did her call go? Or where did her thing? Go? Oh, yeah. You're telling me in response to uh, Lloyd Austin. You're telling me that his wife did not know how to call in sick. I know. It's a great. It's pretty I think she did actually. Yeah. Though. Oh, that's just it." Really? I think this was, I think the wife, I think they did know, it's just that somebody dropped the ball. Yeah, at the White House. Because it was all over, it was the holidays. Okay. <laughs> whole administration drops balls. They're like Eagles receivers back in the 90s. Yes. Oh, boy, it was like dropping the, passes. There was like an intern in the Pentagon who was running the country. You know? <laughs> My buddy Michael LaRosa was in charge. Oh, no, no, right. probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday. Everybody stay safe, stay dry, and stay tuned for the Dawn Show. That's coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning at 6. And as the binder would say... I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.